This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Wednesday, November 24th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, the Philadelphia International Airport is ready for its busiest travel days in two years since the COVID-19 pandemic. With the economy lot shut down, officials are urging people to not drive themselves to their to their flights. As of Tuesday afternoon, the garage uh, was 76% capacity. Uh, the airport shut down the economy lot in March of 2020, eliminating 7,000 parking spots as travel plummeted during the pandemic. Now, however, people are traveling again. American Airlines says it's back up with 92% of its pre-pandemic travel schedule, and PHL expects nearly 900,000 travelers this week. For travelers who do have to drive to the airport, uh, they say plan ahead. At least two off-site parking lots are are closed. However, the airport does have a parking tab on its website that advertises open and lists how many spaces are available in these <clears> lots. <throat> uh, Wally Park, a, a parking lot about a half a mile from the airport offers a shuttle to customers, uh, but the general manager says that you should call a few hours ahead to see if they have spots available. Is Wally Park the one with the moose at the front of it? He'll tell you where to park. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Wait, real quick. You know who I just found out does that voice? Who? Uh, Harold Ramis, oh. the, the voice of the moose. I just Ooh. I read this because they were talking about Ghostbusters yeah, or whatever. Great. I don't, yeah, it's Harold Ramis did that voice. I had no idea. Anyway, sorry, Kathy. <laughs> is he is he credited in the? No, uh, completely okay. uncredited, and it was because he was buddies with Chevy Chase, and uh, and the, so he's uncredited voice of the moose uh, outside of Wally World. Great bit of trivia. Uh, Moosey is moosey, no. <laughs> Marty Moose, come on. I, I, no, I remember the scene. I just don't remember like the exact it. words. It's, uh, it's sacrilegious. With parking at a premium, the cost is rising, too. Wally Park says it will be between $20 to $30 a day to use its lot, more than double what it was before the pandemic. So $20 to $30 a day, like that's what you used to be able to pay to park at the airport. Now you're yeah. parking off-site and right. paying even more than you did at the airport. So uh, we're talking about this. I'm, I'm wondering how it, everything's going to shake out eventually and whether there will be like maybe the um the creation of offsite like lift lots that are like you know th- 3 miles or 4 miles away because you're pointing out Preston if you're coming from where you are yep. and you lift or uber to the airport that's a chunk of change yep. you know but if you could go like park, park and then uh, get... yeah, and then sort of make it economically feasible because they're it's not coming back they're not bringing that lot back no they're really making this difficult yeah, yeah. I, I don't like this at all yeah. and there's millions more people traveling this thing yeah this yeah. is bad covid changes yeah. yeah. good Stop COVID it. changes is bad covid bad you know airport. what you did yeah <laughs> the airport suggests that people drive are they doing this at other airports or is it just I ours um, I haven't seen any reports. I haven't kept tabs on other parking at other airports, but I haven't heard of anything like that yet. They huh. may be doing it. Yeah. Uh, you, the, one of the classically worst airports to park at is LaGuardia in, in New York, uh, which has been a nightmare. But again, there's nowhere to go. Ain't got nowhere to go because it's, it's a neighborhood, it's right? Just, yeah, it's just contained. <laughs> the airport suggests that people driving themselves to their flights arrive three hours early ahead of time to find a spot. <laughs> the Voorhees Township, New Jersey man wanted for allegedly killing his daughter and assaulting his wife was found dead Tuesday morning, officials said. According to the Camden County Prosecutor's Office, the body of 57-year-old Gregory Kellerman was found in a wooded area near the 300 block of Preston Avenue. He appeared to have a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Kellerman had been sought by 
the U.S. Marshal Service and local authorities for the alleged murder of 22-year-old Catherine Kellerman and the alleged attempted murder of his wife. Both victims were found by Voorhees Township Police inside of a home on the 100 block of Round Hill Road at about 7 a.m. Monday after receiving a 911 call from the home. Both women were suffering from injuries associated with blunt force trauma by a baseball bat. Mm. Catherine Kellerman was taken to an area hospital where she died a short time later. Temple University said Catherine, whose nickname was Katie, was a junior in the College of Liberal Arts. It's brute, no matter what, you know, murdering a, a family member like that is horrible, but the, but the brutality level of taking a mm. baseball bat yeah. and yeah. beating your, only fa- your own family members to death, uh, just the depths of that evil is yeah. hard to wrap your mind around. Well, he, he 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 did what, what oh. should have been done himself. Yeah, horrible. Gregory's wife is currently listed as critical but stable, according to the hospital Ugh. where she's being treated. Temple University said she works at the Lewis Katz School of Medicine. The university encouraged anyone affected by the tragedy to seek counseling services on campus. United States Attorney J- uh, Jennifer Arbiter Williams announced on Tuesday theft and fraud charges for eight civilian employees with the Philadelphia Police Department, according to officials. The seven police dispatchers and one clerk fraudulently obtained emergency unemployment benefits related to COVID-19. Pandemic pandemic unemployment assistance funds are intended to help Americans who are not working or who have experienced dramatically reduced working hours due to the pandemic, uh, not people who are already gainfully employed, Williams said in a statement. Thieves who attempt to take these funds are taking advantage of others' misfortune, ripping them off while also ripping off taxpayers uh, who fund the program. As alleged, these eight defendants fraudulently obtained funds <clears throat> that could have been helped uh, could have been used to help struggling individuals. The eight employees were charged with one count of mail or wire fraud and one count of theft of governmental funds before obtaining pandemic unemployment assistance funds while working for the Philadelphia Police Department and also collecting a city paycheck. In sports this morning. <laughs> Flyers lost to the Lightning last night in Tampa Bay. What the f*** is this? Andre Vasilevsky made 34 saves and Zach Bogosian and Corey Perry both scored and the Lightning shut out the Flyers 4-0. Steven Stamkos had a goal and two assists for the Lightning who have points in 11 of their last 12 games. The Flyers' road trip through Florida continues tonight with a game against the Panthers. The puck is set to drop at 7 o'clock. The Sixers are also on the road as they wrap up their trip out west with a game against the best team in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors. The Sixers are 10-8 while the Warriors are 15-2. Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, Danny Green, and Danny Green are questionable for the game. Joel Embiid is still out. Tip-off in San Francisco is scheduled for 10 o'clock. And Penn State head coach James Franklin agreed to a new 10-year contract to remain with the team through the 2031 season for reported $70 million. Franklin is is 67-32 and as the Nittany Lions coach, including 7-4 and this season. He will coach his 100th game with the school on Saturday at Michigan State. He has led Penn State to the Big Ten Championship in 2016 and bowl games in in seven of his... His eight seasons, including appearances in the Rose Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, and Cotton Bowl. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thanks, Kath. We're excited about uh, today being uh, a No Sad Bro Wednesday, uh, which is what it is because it's uh, like a Friday. We'll give away our Word of the Week prize today, so that'll be at the end of the show. Uh, This morning, we do have a very special show planned. So a couple things we're going to do. We go live on Fox Good Day. It's a Wednesday thing. We also have a secret text or a chance for you to win a pair of tickets to see Genesis. 
the last domino tour, and it is going to be Thursday, December 2nd, so it's coming up soon at the Wells Fargo Center. And if you are interested in winning those tickets, text the word SECRET to 39333. Do it right now, and we'll send a word back to you, and we'll ask you to call in later on with that word, the designated caller wins tickets, and then we'll grab a random texter, and we will give away tickets. By the way, limited number of tickets close to the stage remain for both the December 2nd and 3rd shows. So you can get those at wellsfargocenterphilly.com. I'm a massive fan. I'm wondering if I need to um, see this because, you know, you don't, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're saying it's... They're, yeah, it. that's it. Yeah. And Phil says he, he can't do it. not going to tour yeah. anymore. This is absolutely it. So if you have always wanted to see Genesis, this is the uh, time to do that. Uh, on top of all that, today's a very special day. Well, you know, one more thing. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a special uh, culinary guest on this morning. I guess maybe we'll do a pseudo connoisseur, uh, but we have <laughs> Chef Jen Carroll. And Kathy, her qualifications are? She was on Top Chef. She um, competed, and then she has appeared in pretty much every season of the show. Okay. And so she is setting up a, a, a special... Um, uh, outlet for you should you need some help on Thanksgiving Day. On With the prep and everything. Yeah. So she's going to basically lead you by the nose uh, uh, over uh, streaming, right? Or like, yeah, yeah. Through it, uh, through all of cooking the turkey, starting with the brining, and she's going to do it. Uh, she's going to do today, tomorrow, and uh, what's today? No, today's Wednesday, yeah. uh, and then tomorrow as well. So she'll take you through the whole process. All right, and you got to sign up for this and everything. So, but, but she's, it's free. But it's free. That's awesome. And yeah. she's going to give us some tips today and nice. some things like that. So we'll talk uh, Thanksgiving feast with her. Hey, maybe we should do a deep fry a turkey pressing up on the roof. You know, <laughs> it's never been done before. Uh, <laughs> maybe, and then uh, a big portion of our program today is going to be spent with the man. Yeah. Pierre Robert is going to be here today because Pierre celebrates this weekend his 40th year, not in broadcasting, no. at WMMR. Yeah. 40 Just here. years yeah. at this radio station. Unheard of in this business. It's Absolutely amazing. Absolutely unheard of in this business. And we're not only going to have Pierre, in, but we're going to do a Pierre producer roundtable, <laughs> the Pierre, Pierre producer panel, <laughs> and we're going to have a series of producers from uh, uh, from uh, Pierre's tenure here that would include Kevin Gunn, Jason Fayon, Pancake, and Nick McWayne, who yes was a producer for Pierre Robert. I cannot wait to yeah. hear the various stories throughout the years. Yeah. Uh, you know, people forget, people are unaware that Pierre hosted the morning show for a while. He did. Uh, he did. There are all <laughs> sorts of aspects that you might be unaware of. Pierre forgets that from time yeah, to time. Yeah, he does. Pierre forgot. A while he was hosting one. Uh, and then we have a special thing that's going to happen in conjunction with all that too. So uh, we're excited to uh, to head down the uh, the path of uh, Pierre's career, and I'm sure we can open up phones and and uh, take yeah. some, some calls from anybody who wants to chime in on their Pierre Robert experience I mean, over the last 40 years. Apparently, we have audio all the way back when he first started as a sports reporter. For, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, back yeah, in the, yeah, when yeah. he yeah. was. You know, and he was a scout as well for Major League yeah, Baseball yeah. before he got into radio. So it's been an act this there's whole time. So many layers to this guy; it's unbelievable. Um, so we'll uh, we'll journey down that uh, together. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second, and we'll uh, stack up the entertainment report and knock it down with you as well as a Thanksgiving-related stupid question. When we come back, stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. Are you an MMR VIP? Sign up for free at WMMR.com for access to VIP contests, special deals, and to be the first to know about important stuff. It's like having an MMR backstage pass without having to do something nasty to get it. <laughs> 
Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Stupid question prize. We're going to give away tickets to see Sebastian Maniscalco. Nobody does this tour tonight, yes. by the way. So Big don't, show. don't call if you can't go. So the question I have for you. Actually, it's a finish this line. Uh. All right. So finish this line. Turkey Lurkey Do <laughs> and Turkey Lurkey Dap. 215-263-WMMR. That's a good so one. you can get that. Turkey Lurkey Do and Turkey Lurkey Dap. Finish that line. We'll go through some birthdays. Say Wednesday, November 24th. Uh, Pete Best, original drummer of the Beatles, is 80 years old today. Now, obviously, not as lucrative a career as Ringo has no. had, but he still made a career out of being a member yeah. of the Beatles. He, he was yeah. able to turn that into something. He's yeah. not crazy successful. Not a very good drummer. No. no. Ringo, way better, actually. He, uh, he was a, look, a looker, though, right? That was a deal. guy. And, and there, were, there were rumors that maybe John was a little jealous yeah, that, yeah. The, that the girls went. Bottom line, he wasn't as good of a drummer no. as Ringo, and he wasn't as good as a drummer as they needed. Do I? Is he on any album? I'm sorry, I don't know. No, no, he did not record with them. Uh, he was he he up, up to their time. I think it was in Hamburg, Germany, when they were really earning their uh, their you know lives. They were learning how to play. They were playing like eight hour days of <laughs> the of Cavern just, Club. Yeah, yeah, no, no. This is in, in uh, Germany. Oh, okay, in, in Berlin. In uh, um, uh, what did I just Hamburg? Say? Hamburg. Thank yeah. you. And uh, and Pete was a member, and then that's where they kind of became friendly with Ringo. And Ringo would sit in from time to time. They just realized, oh my god. We're way better with this. Guy. Yeah, so yeah. Brought him on board. Didn't he get in a little bit of trouble for releasing a record called "Best of the Beatles"? But, I don't know. Maybe and, and I think like people were sort of giving him a hard time for it. Like he was allowed to do it. It What's was his, his name. name. Yeah, right. but it was literally called "Best of the Beatles." I could see there being an issue with yeah. that. He's eighty today. And by the way, the uh, Beatles get back the Peter Jackson oh. documentary. Tomorrow is the first day, and it's three days in a row, two hours each. I'm so excited. My buddy, my Beatle buddies, and I have been texting. <laughs> Absolutely. And left him right yeah, there, excited yeah. about it. Uh, Denise Crosby, who was in Star Trek The Next Generation, just the first couple of seasons. Tashiar. Yeah. And uh, she's also in Pet Cemetery. Yes. Uh, they brought Tashiar back for an episode. They gave her a good... It was cool. They, they, yeah, because in the original run of her storyline, she basically just got, you know, zapped by a creature and killed. It's yeah. very unceremonious. And she was the security officer. Right, She was like right. the head of security, and she got taken out in a pretty weak way. But yeah. Always liked her. She's 64 years old today. Uh, actor Colin Hanks, son of Tom is turning 44 years old today. Uh, he's really good. Yeah, shows like Dexter and Mad Men and uh, movies like uh, Orange County. Jumanji. And, uh, that's right. Yep, he's 44. Catherine Heigl of Grey's Anatomy fame. Something tells me, the people who've worked with her, uh, the rumor is she's very difficult to work with. She's addressed it on numerous occasions. She takes ownership of the fact that she says she used to be, but isn't anymore. But I don't know. Yeah. She is on a show, and I'm I can't remember it, but it's uh, they go back in time. It's her, her best friend, um, and they go like into the '80s, and her face is so botoxed up <laughs> that it looks so bizarre when they go back in time. Oh boy, she's like almost completely frozen. I can't believe I can't remember the damn name. Is it of called it. Doubt. No. Is it? Uh. Is it? Is that part of the plot, or you're just saying what? The, the, her face being that no, way. No, it's not part of the plot. I it's just see, her. I could see it being that way. Like, you go back, you've had this work done, and then you go back to the 80s with stuff like that. What happened? Being there, like, what is wrong with your face? <laughs> that would actually be a good plot point. It is. It's not yeah, 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 yeah. Now they work in the news industry. Okay. Uh, she's a reporter. Huh. Uh, I'll think Firefly right. Lean? Yes, that's it. What is it? Firefly Lean. Okay. okay. Uh, she turns 43 today. Uh, Chad Taylor, guitarist for the band Live. 
turns 51 uh, today. We've met Chad a couple of times. That wasn't the song I wanted. <laughs> this is the one I wanted. Okay. Okay. Because it starts with guitar? Yeah. Okay. And then I just went to do that. Just that brrr, a little bend. <laughs> and we're done. Uh, so he is 51 <laughs> The songs are very short, if you're not aware. And last birthday is uh, the very lovely Sarah Highland from Modern Family. Yes. She plays uh, Haley Dumphy, and she is celebrating her 31st birthday today. She's been plagued by a series of medical issues. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's doing well now, but yeah, she's had to... Yeah, she had a number of operations. Was yeah. it her kidneys? I think they're kidney yeah. related. Yeah, yeah which is uh, can be a, a lifelong issue. So yeah. hopefully she's not dealing with that all the time. She's 31 today. Happy birthday. All right, let's see if anybody knows this. Finish the line. Turkey Lurkey Do and Turkey Lurkey Dap. We will go to Tim. Hey, Tim, good morning. Hi, Grandma. Hi, Hi Grandma. Grandma. <laughs> all right, so Turkey Lurkey Do and Turkey Lurkey Dap. What comes next? After you eat the turkey, you take a nap? After you eat the turkey, you take a nap? Yeah. Your call, Preston. Oh, man. Are you feeling generous for the holidays? Um, yeah, I guess so. It's I eat that turkey, oh, then yeah, I take a nap. So, Tim, I'm being nice. It's a good day to be thankful, Tim. <laughs> All right, hang on. We're going to set you up with tickets to see Sebastian Maniscalco's Nobody Does This Tour. They want to hear the Thanksgiving song. This song sucks. Yeah. This song what? is stupid. But yes, of course. Everything oh that Sandler does God. is stupid. And, and at the time, it was it was goofy and hilarious. In my humble opinion, now it's just stupid. You know? I love it. I like the I like the Hanukkah song. Okay, I think I like all three Hanukkah songs. Did you fun. see his last Netflix special? No. Okay, he's got a lot of good songs on there. One I like uh, in particular is called UFC Ears, and it's just you know talks about the guys in UFC with their cauliflower ears, right? Like, all right. UFC Ears, UFC Ears. By the time it gets to gobble gobble goo <laughs> and gobble gobble giggle, uh huh. I just I want to punch him in the You're face. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm out way before that, but by then I've really had enough. So anyhow, if you love the Thanksgiving song, that's fine too. Okay. There are many Thanksgiving based songs. There aren't right? any. None that I know. Why doesn't, of. why doesn't Mariah Carey jump in on that one? Right. Right. It's a great holiday. She likes Ooh. a good meal. She's yeah. singing a song about uh, Perky the Quirky Turkey. No, let's not do that. <laughs> that you know where he lives, right? Yeah. He's Actually, savaged. real quick, if I, can re- trail. if I can recommend one, I, I heard one this week. It's called. Uh, it's literally called the Thanksgiving song. It's just a straightforward. Uh, this is a great holiday. It's uh, by a guy, guy named Ben Rector. Uh, I, I tweeted it out yesterday, and uh, Preston, I think you'd like it. It just celebrates the holiday, and it's a really pretty song. So, okay. that, right. uh, if, if you are looking for a wholesome Thanksgiving song that's nice and pretty, Ben Rector, the Thanksgiving song. Ben right. Rector, yeah, damn near the children. Insisting in the same thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter is named Matthew McConaughey Philanthropist of the Year. All right, all right, all right. The Oscar-winning actor <laughs> and his wife, Camilla Alves uh, McConaughey, are being recognized for the work of their Just Keep Living Foundation, which they started in 2008. The foundation focuses on fitness, mental health, teamwork, and community service at Title I schools. Uh, with an impressive success rate, nearly 100% of the program participants have graduated from schools with dropout rates as high as 50%. He seems like a good dude. Yeah. I mean, he really, he, he walks the walk. A spotlight is also being shown on McConaughey's other philanthropic efforts, including raising $7.7 million with his virtual uh, We're Texas concert in March, help for victims of Winter Storm Yuri. 
uh, on the possibility of running for governor of Texas. Uh, McConaughey told The Hollywood Reporter, it's a new embassy of leadership that I have really been doing my diligence to study, to look into, to question what it is, what would it be for me. So he's never officially said anything about going after But there was a poll that said... He would actually have a pretty good chance if he ran. Well, he's been doing good things for for Texas. In the survey, in a survey by the Dallas Morning News and the University of Texas, Tyler uh, McConaughey beat both uh, current Republican Governor Greg Abbott and Democratic challenger uh, Beto O'Rourke in head-to-head matchups. However, in a three-way race, Abbott comes out just ahead of McConaughey, but he has a legitimate chance to get in there. Whether, I think, whether he will do it or not, I do not know. I think it w- I think he can have some political leverage to to make his charity that much more prominent. Oh, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, I'm sure you heard about this by now, but uh, Michael Strahan's going to space next month. Uh, we have a clip from him in just a second here. Strahan, who turned 50 on Sunday, by the way, will join Laura Shepard uh, Churchley, the eldest daughter of astronaut Alan Shepard, the first American nice. in space. Nice, On December 9th mission aboard the new Shepard, which the spacecraft w- was named after her father, uh, the first American in space. Uh, the Blue or- Origin flight, uh, the company, of course, headed by Jeff Bezos, will also carry four paying customers and will be the third by the new Shepard craft this year to shuttle humans to space. Blue Origin has not disclosed the ticket price. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what, what it takes to buy in on that trip. By the way, the 10-minute flight, uh, five minutes less than Alan Shepard's 1961 Mercury flight, will launch from West Texas carrying six people, two more than the previous two flights this year with humans aboard. So we have that clip? Yes. All right, here we go. Here we go. And less than three weeks, on December 9th, I will be blasting off in the next Blue Origin space launch. There you go. Go to space. You're a brave man, Michael. (laughs) And I know you've already been preparing for this. Yeah, I I have been preparing for this. Uh, Similar to... I've been sitting down. uh, Previous Johans, Strand's flight is likely to include about three minutes of weightlessness and a view of the curvature of the Earth. Uh, Passengers are subjected to nearly six Gs, or six times the force of Earth's gravity, uh, as the capsule descends. Uh, It's it's cool. I wonder if he's, um, I assume, ABC could have ponied up the money, or maybe he was just comped. Um, but good you know, question. Yeah. Good question. Uh, yeah, because yeah. it doesn't seem like he's quite a big enough thing. You know what I mean? Like they've yeah. gone with legendary names like right. William Shatler, Shatner, yeah. and that that makes sense. But Michael Strahan, sure, yeah. I'll bet yeah, you they. I don't know, for man. Him. He is the all-time sack leader in the NFL. Well, and... That'll do it. <laughs> but I know Terry Bradshaw is a... going up with Elon Musk, so that'll be great. You know, he had a long story career in the largest. You know, football market in the country. He works for Good Morning America. He does Fox NFL. Like, I mean, listen, he is. You know, um, I think a, a, a bigger name. I, I I actually had a long conversation with my wife about Michael Strahan before this announcement even happened on Sunday, just because he's he's been hustling for a, a long while now, doing you know the Good Morning America stuff. And um, but what I wanted to say was, yes, yeah, six uh, ABC between ABC and Fox, like the amount of uh, exposure this is going to get. I wouldn't be surprised if it was free because well, they're going to get the exposure, which is, you know, way larger than the price tag. It, it's po- they're, not, they're not looking. Yeah, it's possible. But they're already getting a ton of press. It's not uh-huh. like that they're, you know, that they're hurting or they they're, they're trying to sell tickets there. There are apparently oh, yeah. a lot of people in line mm-hmm. who have already purchased flights on. So, uh, yeah, it won't hurt, but we'll see. He's heading up. 
Uh, Jennifer Lawrence told Vanity Fair that she was happy with her deal for Netflix's new movie, Don't Look Up, after being asked about the pay gap between her and her co-star Leonardo DiCaprio. Lawrence and DiCaprio both star in the upcoming movie as astronomers who try to warn the planet of a deadly comet heading to Earth. In August, Variety revealed in its annual report of Hollywood actors' salaries that Lawrence was being paid $5 million less than Leonardo DiCaprio, despite the fact that she was top of the call sheet. She told Vanity Fair of the pay disparity... Look, Leo brings in more box office than I do. I'm extremely fortunate and happy with my deal. So she's being straight up about yeah. it. I said, but in other situations, what I've seen, and I'm sure other women in the workforce have seen as well, is that it's extremely uncomfortable to inquire about equal pay. And if you do question something that appears unequal, you're told it's not gender disparity, but they can't tell you what it exactly is. Lawrence had explained earlier in the interview that she fought to get top billing, the first name on the credits for the movie. She said, I was number one on the call sheet. Uh, so, and she said, and I thought the credits should reflect that. Leo was very gracious about it. I think we had something called a Laverne and Shirley, which is this billing they invented where it's an equal billing, but I guess maybe somewhere down the line, I kicked the stone further. Like, what if it wasn't equal? Uh, she then pointed to Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit battle with Disney over her pay from Black Widow as an example of women owning their worth. She said, I thought it was extremely brave if two parties understand how a movie is going to be released. And then it turns out that one of the parties did not agree to that. It's unfair. She was also crowning. She was just, she was giving birth. Okay, well, there you go. Um, Um, Go ahead. I, I, I saw some figures bandied about that say he got, now, this is amazing if it's true, he got $30 million and she got $25 million. Did you see that? No, I did not. $30 million and $25 million. Wow. That's, that's a massive That's a pay. massive amount of pay. Uh, Don't Look Up, by the way, will be in select theaters starting December 10th, and then it hits Netflix on December 24th, and our buddy Adam McKay is the man behind all of that. Do you know why I might believe that, Preston? Because it bakes into, because it's going to be premiering on Netflix, you don't get points towards box office. Yeah, right? don't know. So yeah. maybe they, they sort of bake it into it already. Could be. Hoping for it. Uh, interesting. Uh, so this is sad news. A guy whose name you probably don't know, Lou Cattell, or Cutell, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but Casey, you'll find this most interesting. He played the proctologist known as Ass Man <laughs> on a 1995 oh. episode of Seinfeld and uh-huh. the Mohawk sporting Amazing Larry in the 1985 film Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh. And he passed away. He was 91 years oh. old. Yeah. Uh, why'd you play that? Oh, his name is Lou. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, that, there's that scene in uh, in uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure when he goes, "Do you have something to add, Amazing Larry?" <laughs> Amazing Larry. <laughs> uh, Cutell died Sunday. Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman himself, reported it on Twitter. He called him a sweet, caring, and unassuming, slyly wicked, funny man, uh, and said that he got to visit him recently. No other details of his death <laughs> were immediately available. But he's one of those guys who's been in tons of stuff throughout the years. In fact, Steve, you'll like this. He portrayed a doctor who aims to bring all of the women on Earth to Mars in Frankenstein Meets the Space Monster. Yes, yeah. In 1965, routinely ranked as one of the worst movies ever made. It's a masterpiece. (laughs) It's horrible. However... In all the right ways. He appeared in several respectable films like Little Big Man, The World's Greatest Lover, Foul Play, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and even Wedding Crashers. Uh, on the sixth season of uh, Seinfeld, 
uh, an episode called The Fusili Jerry. Uh, he played Dr. Howard Cooperman and his vanity license plate, which read Ass Man, <laughs> mistakenly given to Kramer at the Department of Motor Vehicles. So great. He appeared on dozens of other shows from My Three Sons, The Wild Wild West, Mary Tyler Moore Show, Starsky and Hutch, Lou Grant, Alice, The Golden Girls, The Wonder Years, and Grey's Anatomy where he made his final on-screen appearance in 2015. So Seinfeld is now, it's on, well, it's on Netflix, and it's now turning into my go-to-sleep show that I turn on, which is, a, you know, it's a perfect thing. Like, right. you just, you know, you, you know You've it, already you seen like the it, episodes. you've already seen yep. the episodes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, in an interview with Esquire, Sandra Bullock recalled a sweet memory with Speed co-star Keanu Reeves. Ah, that's Kathy's favorite film. <laughs> Following a conversation... I hate both of them and the movie. <laughs> Wait, you hate Keanu Reeves? Oh, she my does. God, he's the worst actor yeah, in Hollywood. Like he's John Wick. But he's, he's terrible. He's like awesome. the nicest person ever. I'm sure he's great. He, was he in should Dog just Star. maybe choose a different career. <laughs> Following a conversation on set about champagne and truffles, during which Bullock said she hadn't tried them... Reeves showed up to her doorstep a few days later with the goodies in hand. He reportedly said, I just thought you might want to try champagne and truffles. <laughs> Have you ever loved? To see what it's like. Uh, Bullock was painting her nails when Reeves showed up at the door. She ended up painting his nails with black nail Aww. polish that night as well, the same color as hers. Uh, she said that Reeves is a listener, but she claims that they never dated. She told Esquire, Keanu is a guy who I feel like is friends with every woman he's ever dated. I don't think there's anyone who has something horrible to say about him. Kathy. So maybe we... He, he said, so maybe we could... She said, so maybe we could have survived. I don't know. But she said they never dated. I the, bet they did. Women do love bit. Keanu. You know, Winona Ryder is, is a massive fan, and, and she still claims that they had an actual wedding ceremony performed on the set of uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, which Francis Ford Coppola directed, and they were actually using a, um, I don't know, a Latvian priest or something like that, and uh, they actually did the ritual. So um, she, she claims, tongue-in-cheek, that they are married. Mm. Uh, I, if he, you know, uh, Point Break alone yeah. uh, is enough for me to make him a uh, an immortal in my he, Yes, and mm. The Matrix. Look at all the stuff he's attached the Matrix. to. Bill and Ted's. Yeah, all that stuff. Come on. Yeah. All Oscar-caliber performances. Well, I don't know about that. All right, maybe not. Great. <laughs> you know. Please. Uh, according to Page Six, Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian went out to dinner together at, at uh, Giorgi Baldi in Santa Monica on Sunday, and a photo of the date obtained by the Daily Mail David can, Davidson can be seen with a large hickey on his neck. It's true. I saw the picture. Well, we know she knows how to suck. Yes. We do know that. We've seen evidence of that. Uh, the pair were also seen holding hands uh, and giggling together. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. What's the, uh, what's the over-under on this relationship? Like, uh, the length of time? Uh, or, Less than a year. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Q1. You want okay? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should uh, let's pick it. Let's pick um pick dates. Maybe take some bets. Um, yeah, I'd say, yeah, I'd say right about the time spring rolls around. Yeah, at, at yeah, yeah I think you guys are right. Yeah, yeah. because this is going to be fun for the holidays. Yes, somebody drag around and then she casts him into the bin. Yes, I'll say, I'll say the uh, the vernal equinox. Yeah. Vernal equinox. Yes. All right, yeah. Wow, that's uh, write that, that down. That's I whatever whatever the date is next year. That's the day it's over. Steve, you want to pick a date? I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bring it up earlier. I'm going to say January 15th. Ooh, all right. Oh, wow. Okay. You're going yeah. really early. Okay. I am going to go a little bit longer. i got to write um, these down. Hang on. Because I 
think uh, the fact that he's been working is, you know, they don't have to spend as much time together. But once they break for the summer at SNL, oh. then he's going to be around a little bit longer. And okay. then that's when it's going to be like, oh, I don't think this is going to work anymore. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I, think, right. I, I mean, I really do hope it works out for them. Our bets are in. You really do? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why not? Okay. So you're saying end of <laughs> SNL season, like May-ish? Uh, no. Uh, God, I hope it works. Yeah. Uh, June. June, all right. June, June to July. You're oh. such a romantic. <laughs> yeah. I hope it works. I know. Nick, I'm going uh, May 15th. May 15th. Oh, Marissa, do you want to weigh in? Pete Davidson and uh, and Kim Kardashian, when it'll end? Or do you think they're going to go the distance? <laughs> What's the distance? <laughs> Till um, death do they part. Yeah, I think right around, oh, I almost want to say Christmas. Christmas oh, this, this year. year. All right. Oh, you're going real early. All right. All right. Yeah, you're going. Marissa's going Price is Right style. Right. Uh, Without going over. So if you guys have gone over, you don't get to own them. I don't think so. I think he's going to hang on until she buys him a car. Yeah, yeah. And then it'll be after the car. Mm. All right. So I'm going to say they're going to make it through Valentine's Day and then shortly Mm. thereafter. So I'm going to go like... uh, uh, 12, uh, uh, February 27th. All right, we'll check back All on right. those. We're looking at, at a picture of them together, Preston. It looks like she's wearing a garbage bag. It does. Yep, yep. <laughs> no, that's dress. Pete Davidson. Her dress looks like a garbage bag. All right, I have, uh, I have a lot of news from the world of The Bachelor. Oh, my God! I have, like, several stories that I have That's to my to. favorite show that I don't watch. We'll start with The Bachelorette. After her split with Blake Moynan's last month, the former Bachelorette star Katie Thurston is now seeing contestant John Hersey. It's almost like they're just dating randomly. Thurston, one would date in, like, uh, going to bars. Uh, The show doesn't work. Thurston revealed the relationship on Tuesday when she dedicated Taylor Swift's Begin Again Uh. song to Hershey as part of her 12 Days of Messy Challenge. What the F is that? (laughs) What the hell is that? It's in quotations, 12 Days of Messy. I heard Hershey. How how is Messi spelled? Uh, M-E-S-S-Y. Is this something they made up, these two made up, or is this a thing? Is this yet another thing that I don't know about? The Messi challenge? Well, she comes up right now. No, it's 12 days of Messi. Oh, yeah, it's a challenge. All right, 12 days of Messi challenge. Yeah, so it's it's something that I think she invented, Preston. Uh, so day like, eleven, uh, is, is... like Jonas Salk, yeah, yeah, or she... like ranch dressing on pizza. Right? Hey, you didn't invent it. I didn't invent it. Okay, <laughs> day eleven, for example, is State of Grace. Oh, we're move, we're moving on. All right. We're moving on. <laughs> Jesus All Christ! Right. Uh, Entertainment Weekly reports that Bachelor <laughs> in Paradise stars Astrid Locke and Kevin Went welcome their first baby in Austin. It's so magical. It always works, The Bachelor. But Bachelor in Paradise is a totally different thing, right? It's a different thing. Is it, do they narrow it? Is it, is there one Bachelor? There's and a then... ton of Bachelors. Uh, you know, I don't know how it works. I don't. On Instagram Sunday, changed it. Locke posted a photo of their baby who was born the day prior along with the caption, my whole world. I'll tell you what, the, the douchiest activity is Bachelor in Paradise. Okay. That's where you get the, the, the most swagger. All right, well, they had a baby. All right. And they're from Bachelor in Paradise. And then the last one, uh, Variety reports that Colton Underwood's new Netflix special titled Coming Out Colton is set to launch (laughs) on December 3rd. I could not be more excited. Yeah. Uh, Underwood, a former football player and former star of The Bachelor, came out as gay on Good Morning America in April. Have we forgotten about that? That Uh, that The Bachelor was gay? (laughs) That he played that game the whole time? (laughs) Right, right, right. Oh, man. And he's going up in the... uh... With a Is he going up in his face? <laughs> now, they gave him a free ticket. Yeah, they right? gave him a free ticket. No, he's not. Okay. 
All right, uh, let's see. Tuesday, uh, Universal Studios released a five-minute prologue to Jurassic World Dominion. Did anybody watch it? I did. Did it, you? No, I did not. So it, it starts off looking like a documentary. Like it's it looks right. like dinosaur footage from sixty five million years ago. Yeah, no uh, DNA. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know why I watched it because the music was done by Michael Giacchino. Oh, so, okay. so he scores this whole. It's a prologue, and it's uh, Steve. It's like three minutes of just nature uh, dinosaur footage, right? Uh, you know, uh, right. Computerized dinosaur footage, and then it cuts to the present day, and a T Rex is uh, ramping uh, rampaging through a, a drive drive through movie theater. Yes. And that's what it features and mentions in this story. So uh, the new film will feature familiar faces, including Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, and Sam Neill. Well, at the end of the last one, which I, which really I thought was, okay, we need to reconsider how many more of these we need. Um, uh, they had, um, they had been let loose uh, into modern society. They're, they're on the continental United States and there was a whole bunch of them that were just let loose. Okay. And so I guess that's what the new one is going to uh, focus in on. All right. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, um, James Vanderbeek and his wife Kimberly welcomed their sixth Whoa. baby. Man, oh man, they're cranking them out. Yeah, yeah. She, she just had a miscarriage a while ago. <laughs> uh, People reports the Dawson's Creek actor and his wife experienced two pregnancy losses before welcoming their newest yeah, miracle, yeah. Jeremiah. Big, big, beautiful family. <laughs> Uh, into the world. So that's number six for them. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, Matt Damon is teaming up with environmental engineer Gary White uh, to write a book on access to clean water. Okay. Matt uh, Damon. The Worth of Water will be published by the Penguin Random House Imprint Portfolio on March 1st, featuring blurbs from uh, former President Bill Clinton. He's going to be blurbing. Yeah. And uh, Nobel Peace Prize. I prefer to be blurbed. <laughs> you like to be blurbed? <laughs> And uh, Nobel uh, Peace Prize winner Mohammed uh, Yunus, uh, Damon and White met at a Clinton Global Initiative gathering in 2008, and together they founded the nonprofits Water.org and Water Equality. It Matt is a great, Damon. it's a great cause. Yes, I uh, said we were excited to have written this book together, and can't wait to share the story of what happens when a movie actor and a civil engineer team up and try to take on the global water crisis. Uh, Damon has been adamant about addressing the need for water sanita- sanita- sanitation uh, since visiting uh, Zambia in 2006. Is that next to Zamunda? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all the Z countries. Right. Zaire is right around there. I think he actually recently purchased a um, a home in Australia in that trendy Bay Area. I forget what the name is, but they're all they're all moving there. Oh, really? Yeah. He's one of the um, the converts. Okay. I think he's living ne- near Chris Hemsworth. Wow. Imagine you're on the beach and Chris Hemsworth and Matt Damon are walking along. Be pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, it's kind of like Friday. Yes. But we're going to mention the movies coming out. Here we go. Opening today, our House of Gucci, and I think it's opening today. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, So, it's crime drama, stars Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Jared Leto. Uh, House of Gucci is inspired by the shocking true story of the family behind the Italian fashion empire when uh, Patrizia Reggiani... An outsider from humble beginnings marries into the Gucci family. Her unbridled ambition begins to unravel the family legacy and triggers a reckless spiral of betrayal, decadence, revenge, and ultimately, murder. Two hours, 37 minutes long. Wide theater release. Rotten Tomato score is 66%. 
That's kind of so-so. They are raving about her performance, though, Lady Gaga. She was so great in The Star is Born. She was excellent. I am all on board for her. Also opening this weekend is Encanto. Uh, animation comedy fantasy starring uh, Stephanie Beatriz, uh, Diane Guerrero, and John Leguizamo. The Madrigals are an extraordinary family who live hidden in the mountains of Colombia in a charmed place called the Encanto. Uh, the magic of the Encanto has blessed every child in the family with a unique gift. Every child except Mirabel. However, she soon may be the Madrigal's last hope when she discovers that the magic surrounding the Encanto is now in danger. Ah. Hour and 39 minutes long. It's rated PG and opens in a wide release in theaters. And Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 93 nice. percent. So an excellent score. It looks, just the animation looks very lush. <laughs> it looks very interesting. So, uh, yeah, I'll check it out. Check All right. It out. Now we got the clips. Clint Barton. Must confront his past actions as Ronin, but he'll have some help along the way in Hawkeye. And here Jeremy Renner talks about how the Avenger has grown over time. Uh, I, th- I think it was when it, it, we landed on uh, the family unit in uh, Age of Ultron. And that's where it really started to, to make a, a lot more sense to me. And it, it, that's where we're at now. Um, it became ultimately what his superpower is or represents is the, the strength of that family unit and the tenacity and fortitude that comes with that. Yeah! Uh, first two episodes of Hawkeye are streaming on Disney Plus right now, so have at it. And the word is on this that it has a nice progression, builds a little bit slowly, and then starts to take off. Here's the next clip. Licorice Pizza is a coming-of-age comedy set during the gas crisis in the 1970s as two teens balance making a quick buck with their own personal relationships. In this clip, Alana Hyam uh, discusses spending time on the set and uh, of a hangout film. Here mm-hmm. we go. I mean, it was just fun. I mean, we were at a pinball palace for most of it. We were at a waterbed store for a lot of it. Um, the cast and crew, we all knew each other basically before we had gotten um, onto set. So it was like a big family reunion or summer camp. It really did feel that way. I don't want. I don't think I want to see it. Licorice Pizza will show in limited release starting November 26th before releasing nationwide on December 25th. And that's it. That's there you go. Entertainment report feels like a Friday. We head into a holiday exactly, and uh, and we want to keep that Friday vibe going. Uh, we are going to go on Fox Good Day this morning. We have a secret text word today. A chance for you to win a pair of tickets to see Genesis on Thursday, December second, at the Wells Fargo Center. So text word secret to three nine three three three. And today we're spending a good amount of time talking about and with yes Pierre Robert. Yes, forty years at this radio station, celebrating uh, the anniversary this weekend. And so we're going to have a Pierre's Producers panel this morning with all the producers that we know that have worked with Pierre. Sure, many stories. <laughs> and uh, and the man himself and some special things. Uh, we're also uh, going to talk turkey because we have Thanksgiving, uh, obviously, tomorrow. And when we return, a culinary segment featuring Chef Jen Carroll, who is going to run this workshop that you may be interested in. So Excellent. We'll come back in a moment. We've got a lot to get to this morning. Make sure you stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Acme Markets proudly supports Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger at Xfinity Live inside the Wells Fargo Center complex. Your donations are needed to make this year's Camp Out a success and help families struggling with food insecurity. You can make a difference. Right now, visit your local Acme throughout November and make a donation at the register when you check out. Acme will ensure your generous gift goes to local hunger organizations like Phil Abundance to provide a lifeline for area families in need. Go to WMMR.com for complete details and a list of especially needed food items. Camp Out for Hunger from Acme Markets and 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. So here we are on Turkey Eve. I love it. I do too. So excited. I am too. Uh, I have. Uh, we. We. My wife and I made our, our meal plan yesterday. We sat down. We made a list of things, and what we did as well as we wrote down. Okay, what can we make the day before? Yes. What's going to go in the oven first, and uh, so that having this all come out at the same time, plan of attack is yeah, very, very important. Give me that list. I'll work on that for <laughs> you. But I love. Thanksgiving's my day, and I love the cooking part of it. I think it's so much fun to me. What time are you up in the morning? Uh, not crazy early, but yeah. we'll get started. You know, well, you figure the birds got about three, three and a half hours to go in, and then it can sit for like forty-five minutes or something like that. So you so. wake up on Thanksgiving morning, you take the turkey out of the freezer. Yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're gonna find out things like that that you don't. Yes. With our next guest, she is a cast member of the show Top Chef on Bravo. She owns Spice Finch in Rittenhouse Square. Please welcome, and by the way, she has a workshop that begins today. We have Chef Jen Carroll. That is joining us. Hi, Jen. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Happy Turkey Eve. Yes, same to you. I I love, love, this is my favorite uh, holiday of the year. Now, from a restaurateur, how do you feel about Thanksgiving? I love Thanksgiving. I'm used to cooking, and I typically cook all of Thanksgiving myself. I've done Thanksgiving in the restaurant for hundreds of people, which is great, but it's also really hard on the staff. And so usually I would do a big turkey dinner afterwards for the entire staff. But I love being at home with friends and family and being able to watch football and just relaxing and cooking at my own pace instead of, you know, making adjustments to yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I, th- I think from from a, a basic level, and I think this is uh, we were talking about it like hamburgers a couple of days ago. This is a this is a standard meal, but you there are still ways to prepare it in in an optimum condition. Like there there are things you know people everyone has an opinion about stuffing or everyone has an opinion about how, what you do with the turkey, and so there's always something to learn. You'd think at this point, okay, everyone's got it down, but there are ways to do it that might enhance your meal experience, right? Oh, absolutely. And now, you know, there's the big debate. I think everybody has heard about brining these days, about brining your turkey. And everybody kind of knows about wet brining, whether you've done it or not. But there is a whole new technique out there that everybody's starting to do Uh of the dry brine turkey. Shut your mouth. I've never heard of this. Dry brine? (laughs) Right. Never heard of that. We can't. We can not, We we can't let you guys get one thing and grasp on one thing, and then and that's it. We got to keep changing it up. So for me, I'm still a fan of the wet brine, but the dry brine, especially if you didn't do the wet brine yet on today, Turkey Eve, you're gonna go with the dry brine. And so with that, you're gonna take all of your same spices that you would put in a wet brine, grind them up, and then have your salt and completely rub it, almost like if you were doing a brisket or a set of ribs or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like a dry like rub. That. Okay. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you're doing it on the outside, the inside, and you're getting that turkey completely coated because you're still getting the same type of reaction with the salt and the muscles of the turkey. It's breaking down. It's osmosis. I'm like, I'll do a little food nerding out here. Yeah. And it, your muscle won't be able to contract and push that moisture out. So it'll still help retain that moisture and still get juicy. Nice. Okay, so here's what I want to want people to be aware of as, as you're sharing these tips. But you're, you're doing this turkey workshop. It's an online thing. It's a three-day experience. And, in fact, uh, it's did it start yesterday? Yeah, it started it, yesterday. And that was the brining, it, right? Yeah, we did the brining last night. And if you missed it, you can still sign up and go back and watch it. Okay, <laughs> it's not too late. I may... I may last minute do this because this year we uh, we're, we're in a different location and normally the past I don't know three or four years we brine the turkey and we've done it in the liquid, but I might have time to to get home and do a uh, uh, do a dry brine right. How how long do you do you need to let it sit for to to get the uh, the effects of it? Twelve to twenty four hours. So Preston, get home, dry brine it, and then tomorrow morning you said you weren't getting up too crazy early, but make sure you get up early okay. enough to pull that turkey out to get it up to room temperature so it cooks evenly. Yes. Right. All right. So, All right. so that's All right. cool. Right. Um, real quick, I'm sorry to jump in, but no. But as far as the uh, the online workshop, how do people access that? Let's get that out uh, in the open right now so people can get on board for that. Yes. Um, please head over to my Instagram at Chef Jen Carroll. Click the link in my bio and you can sign up for that turkey workshop. We'll send you an email to like warn you when we're coming on. But do that and I'll see you there. And it's free, everybody. Yes. It's a free turkey workshop. Okay. So uh, Chef Jen, my mom's a pretty good cook. And what she likes to do every year for the turkey is uh, take uh, three or four strips of bacon and just lay it across the top of the turkey. And the salt and the bacon fat sort of melts down like it uses osmosis or whatever. Have you ever heard of that? Do you approve, disapprove? I 1000% approve of that because I do something similar, like adding extra fat and flavor is something delicious and makes it better. I do a compound butter and I put it underneath the skin, but you're doing the same thing. You're getting the crispy of the bacon instead of the crispy of the skin and you're adding flavor and fat and keeping it juicy and moist. All right. So let me ask you as, as someone who knows your way around a turkey, are you, uh, what, which do you prefer? Which would you prefer? Uh, in a perfect scenario, a deep fried turkey or a well brined turkey? I like the well brined turkey. I haven't done, I've only done the deep, the deep fried turkey twice in my life. It does go faster, but I like to do, I like the traditional roasting okay. of the bird. This is also complicated. Me and my mom are just focusing on turning the oven on. Okay. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Yeah. So how do you. Can you speak to people like <laughs> Kathy? Can you talk down Idiots. to their level? Oh, yeah, and be aware that she, she tried to cook the turkey last year in the dryer. So. <laughs> well, I got a question. Do you trust the turkey before you brine it? No. No? Okay. You, okay. No, not before. Like, tonight we're actually going to be trussing the turkey. So we brined it last night. We're going to do the compound butter and the trussing tonight. Tomorrow is cooking. So... Adv- getting your prep list and organized in advance and definitely turning the oven on, making sure it's not frozen and getting those giblets out, the turkey neck out, take all that stuff out that's inside the bird. Um, Jen, it seems like I remember when I was a kid and, and not active in the kitchen and, and cooking, it would seem to me uh, when my mom would make the turkey that it was like an all day yeah. event that like yeah. it stayed in the oven for like six or eight hours. <laughs> yeah. Really, it's about three hours. What what's your what's your take on low and slow or or temperature? And I, I know the 
the, the, the rule of thumb is, you know, somewhere in 325 degrees and uh, 15 minutes per pound or something like that. That's the guide that I've used. But what, what, what are the different ways to do it? What do you recommend? What I recommend is I start the bird high. I go in at 425. I get that outside almost sear on the outside, getting the skin starting to get crispy. The, the, everything starts working. And then after 30 minutes, I turn the oven down to 325 and then cook it slow the rest of the way. So I start high, end low, and it is perfectly cooked every single time. And you go with the 15 minutes per pound uh, ratio? Yeah, I was going to say about twelve minutes per pound okay. is more what is more what I do, and I you know I check my bird with a thermometer. Like I I use that, so use it, pull yes. in it, and pull it out early. Pull it out at one fifty, one fifty five. Okay, because it's still cooking a bit, a bit as it goes along. Correct. All right, what's your take on? Because I've had these things uh, in in years past. Sometimes you know when you get a store bought turkey, you know frozen turkey, um, it's got the little thermometer in it. It's got the little the turkey is done thing. Those things are a bunch of crap, right? Turkey boner. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't use that. I don't use that. I use my own thermometer that I stick in, and I use my eyes. I use my eyes to see what's going on with the bird. Look for those juices coming out. Are they white or are they pink? You want right. them white. And you said one fifty-five. Where are you taking the temperature on the bird? You're taking the temperature in the thigh. I'm like, I want to. This is not my thigh, but it's my <laughs> arm. You want to, you want to put it into the thickest part of the thigh where the joint is meeting up into the breast. So you get that, you get the bone meat ratio. It's where there is the most chance of it being underdone. That's, That's interesting. I would not have thought no, that, but that, that is, that makes the most sense because you're getting across the different various textures of the bird mm-hmm. with one temperature. There Why? you go. The, the, de- the, the death trap though is the dry bird. You, you cooked it. It's dry. <laughs> it doesn't have any of the moisture. How do we avoid that? You you have you avoid it by brining it. You avoid it by doing all these steps that I'm talking about. You avoid it by learning at my turkey workshop. Mm-hmm. But you uh, like you avoid it by checking the temperature, basting it, and pulling it out on time. And do not leave it in the oven like our moms used to do for six hours. <laughs> my mom, I think, did the same thing. I'd be like, "When is dinner ready?" And it'd be like. Hours and hours and hours of this turkey cooking. <laughs> hey, I wanted to get your take on this. this is a personal technique that I use, uh, Jennifer, and uh, I had uh, shown it to Casey, and he has taken uh, several years ago. I started doing this, and I had seen it. Um, I forgot where I saw a chef demonstrating this. I'm like, that is a great idea of when carving the turkey, removing the entire breast and cutting crosswise um, to get a uh, a more tender cut because you're going against the grain when you cut it that way. Is that how you like to serve turkey breast? Absolutely. I take I take the breast off completely and I completely cut it across the grain. I cut it crosswise. I do that with any protein. I do it with turkey, chicken, steak, anything you want to cut across the grain to get a more tender cut. Huh. And yeah, I I take it off. It's a lot easier. It's a lot messier. I feel like when people are cutting it off the bird this way, you're also only getting like the outside layer. And so as you get closer in, you're getting a little bit more flavor when it's next to the bone. You're, you're missing that if you get that outside piece. All right. Also, I'm curious about your workshop because uh, day one was uh, brining, which you can watch again if you'd like to. And this is free, mind you. EatCCC.com for those who want to get on board. Uh, today is buttering and trussing. And then tomorrow's class is cooking. Is there going to be carving in there anywhere? Because aside from removing the breast, once you get over into the uh, the leg and thigh, 
it gets really messy in my world when I try to pull that apart. Um, I'm not doing carving because I'm going to be eat- I'm going okay. to be eating unless unless everybody wants to spend the whole day with me, which I, <laughs> would probably be it would be entertaining, but maybe a little boring. Entertaining if I have my sister carving, I think. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, nice. Uh, what's what's your favorite uh, part of the bird? I li- I like the thigh. That's mm. my fa- that's my favorite part. But I also like the little like secret chef snack. I like the oyster which there's only two of on the underside of the bird, and it is the juiciest little, like, tender piece of meat on the bird. And I typically eat both of them if I'm in the kitchen by myself. Wow. When I roasted chicken or even getting, like, a, um, uh, a rotisserie chicken, if you go on the backside of the bird, there's these little scoops of, of meat wow. that are the yummiest, <laughs> tender pieces of meat. Are they dark like meat? Yeah. yeah, they're dark See, meat. See, I don't like the dark meat. Oh, man, they're, I know. they're full of flavor. Yeah. There's so much flavor. Is that, is that what she's talking about, or I, it's I, different? I'm guessing. I'm not really sure, Jen. So, the oyster is right underneath on the very bottom of it's the, the ass, bird. right? So there, and there's two pieces on each side, and they look, they look like little, like, nuggets, kind of. They're little round balls. <laughs> and then... There, what, it's also really juicy in the in the back by the wishbone, like at the top of the neck. There are also really juicy like meat right there too. Nice. So they're like the the four little hiding spots of the the secret meat. I never would have thought of that. Yeah. Wow. So I'm all about the stuffing, and my wife and I we differ on on what we prefer. She likes just a regular stovetop stuffing. I prefer cooked in the bird stuffing. I don't know if you have a preference. All right, so I'm I'm not going to recommend for anybody to cook the stuffing in the bird because I'm afraid too many people are going to do it wrong and get sick. But I stuff my bird with stuffing. I have my mom's stuffing recipe, which I just taught to everybody. That's up on Crowdcast too. You can see that class. But I make I make homemade stuffing. Huh. I stuff it in the bird, but I also make enough to put it in a sheet pan, and I get it super crispy on top and have enough for sandwiches the next day. Yum. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of the bird cavity and stuffing, um, for those who have never cooked a bird before, there are giblets in there. You've got, I, I've had it before where I'm, I'm like, I dug around. I'm like, I can't find them. They're not in here. Sometimes they shove them way down in there, even in the neck. And yes, but keep digging until you find <laughs> there's the there. last thing you want to do. Yeah, is cook them with their. I bought a giblet-free bird. bird. Really? Yeah. Well, when I picked my bird up yesterday, they asked me if I wanted the giblets or not, and I said no. There you go. Okay. Good so, so you're saying don't if you if you've purchased. I'm, I'm a neophyte to this stuff, but if you've purchased a commercial like a butterball turkey, oh, yeah. there are giblets in there, even if you think yeah. there aren't. Okay. Correct. All right. Yeah. And like you're saying, seriously, get your arm in there and find it because they are in there. My my friend last year, I'm like, find the turkey neck. Get She found the liver. She found the heart. She, and she got them out. She's like, there's no turkey neck. And I'm like, it's in there. And at the end of cooking, she takes a picture of it. She's like, is this what you were talking about? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm like, I that, sure was. That stuff's in there. You got to yeah. go digging for it. I, I want to go back to the stuffing thing because, uh, Jen, I'm, I'm cooking the bird and the stuffing for the first time in my life ever. And I'm like super duper nervous. Big pressure. So. Well, there is, and, yeah. and I got a stuffing recipe from my friend Steve Wilson, and I feel like I bought the wrong cubes because I want to stuff the bird with this. I bought the cubes that are already <laughs> are they Rubik's cubes? Uh, bread cubes? Bread, bread cubes? Okay. Yeah, uh, they are already uh, uh, spiced up or whatever, 
and, and they're crunchy. And he says when I when I put the uh, sounds the, like croutons. It's well, it's essentially that, but it is stuffing cubes. But he did say when I when I put the vegetable or the chicken stock on it, it will soften them up. Um, you know, it is and can I do that and still stuff the bird with them? Yeah, it's one thousand percent. So I mean, think about stovetop stuffing. That's all completely dry, right? You get yeah. that in a box. It's dry crackers, and you can make croutons, bread pudding. You use old bread. So having that stuffing, as long as you're adding moisture to it and rehydrating it, so it's not dry. And then you'll have, if you're stuffing the bird, you'll have the extra juices from the bird coming down and helping flavor that and and get it moister too. So I would say cream, melted butter, get it in there besides just chicken stock because you want that fat to add the flavor and massage it in, get that bread nice and juicy and wet and then stuff it in there. Uh, Jen, if you're not putting a a classic stuffing in, in the cavity, what do you like to put in there to add flavor to the bird? If you're not doing that, I like to add in a couple cloves of garlic. I like to add in some sort of citrus, whether it's an orange, a lemon, a lime. Um, I add celery and an onion and a couple little like herbs. So it would mirror the compound butter that I have. So I do like parsley and rosemary in it. So whatever you like, just some sort of aromatic to really help flavor the meat as it's cooking. And also it will make your house smell even better. Where where do you put that? Because I have a recipe for aromatics as well. Where do you put, where am I putting the aromatics? In the but, cavity where it, you just re, where you just removed the well you're putting stuffing in there so you're good yeah you so won't you don't need to put oh it. look yeah, at that I spent all that money on cinnamon sticks and <laughs> <laughs> uh, and plate plate air freshener and water and make make it inside. just put those in the bathroom yeah just stick, just, yeah. just stick a Glade plug it into the breast <laughs> well, if, if you're gonna make Marissa's uh, cranberry sauce you could throw those cinnamon sticks in there for a minute or two and okay. let those uh, yeah. so get some use out of them yeah. do, do you know um, Chef Jen the, the thing here that is interesting is that for most people you, this is the world you live in so you're, you're constantly being judged by the the food that you're cooking and you know you're uh, for what you do that this is your your everyday experience for a lot of people like casey the pressure that he has right now he is basically a chef you know and and people in their homes are, are setting up their own restaurants and they're mortified of being judged for their inability to cook so if you're to pick one one major issue that could be corrected instantly if people just took your advice what would it be for that person who's preparing the meal for the first the first time uh, tomorrow one one tip to not fail yes be organized make your list make your that list will, that will allow you not to fail all right like, i have some i'm like i have so many tips but make a make a list and follow it Okay, so Pre- yeah, Preston, you were talking about making a list and having every so that everything comes out at the appropriate time. Yeah. All right, if you're if you're organizing and you have your your prep ready to go, and if you can do stuff the day before, yeah. it's yes. going to save you so much heartache uh, on that Huge particular job. day. What do they say? Those who fail to plan. Uh, use a timer, Casey. Yeah. Use a timer. Turn the bird halfway through so it's getting even cooking and even browning throughout. If it's starting to get too brown, the skin's starting to get too brown, throw a tinfoil tent over it so it doesn't burn. Okay. So many things. When you say turn the bird, <laughs> would, do you mean like actually flip it in the pan or are you saying like good, clockwise good. turn the whole pan Point in the Point it oven? towards Mecca. 
Good question. Clockwise, turn the whole pan. So if you have the feet in first or if you have the left side of the breast in first, okay. you want to turn it 180 so the neck is facing to the back or the right side is facing to the back. I have Great done question. I have done the upside down bird before. I've have done, you? I've done all different. Each yeah. year we try to go, like, well, like we did a turducken one year. I try to do all kinds of different things. We did a goose. The beer can thing. Remember that for a while? Oh, beer yeah. can chicken. Yeah, you can do that. Uh-huh. But but I did I did the, the upside down thing so the juices go down and into the, the okay. breast. Um, but you know what happens? The weight of that bird kind of smushes it down a little bit, and its presentation doesn't look that good when it's done, so we only did it the one time. But there's mm. a bunch of different ways you can cook turkey. Exactly. Um, like the, uh, the upside down is great. If you're not doing the whole big bird presentation, you can completely break it down so you're cooking the breast and the legs and the thighs and the wings, everything separate or in separate pans so you can pull the breast out early. There's lots of different ways that you can do the bird. It's all how you want it to come out on your table at the end, what you want it to look like. And the most important, no dry turkey. No dry turkey. And there's no dry turkey. Stop it with the dry turkey. Last question about the brine, because I bought a five-gallon bucket with a lid, um, and I was going to brine the turkey in the bucket. Uh, if I have the lid on it because it says to keep it cold, can can I put that outside and and have that sort of keep it cold overnight? Yes. So it's freezing right now here in Philly. So as long as, as the temperature outside is below forty two degrees, you are good to put it outside. That is a great room saver. Just make sure that the lid is on tight, so no raccoons or animals <laughs> That's what get it. Yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where's my turkey? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chef Jen, a few years ago, uh, we tried a turducken, and it was an interesting experiment. I, I, I enjoyed it, but it seemed to me to be not worth it. Have you ever tried that? And uh, uh, had, had success with it. I I'm like I haven't done that. I, I've t- I've done a turducken in a different way. I had a turducken challenge based on Top Chef that I won, but I made I did it with seafood. So that's a completely whole thing. A goldfish and an angelfish and, <laughs> and a lobster and a, <laughs> ending up with a whale shark. Uh, exactly. Well, that's what I did. To that point with the turkey tuck and other options for, for the non-meat eaters, if you were to pick a preference as far as a vegetarian or vegan uh, option, what would you go with? I would go with a big head of cauliflower or a head of broccoli and get those same spices around and get that roasting in the oven so it gets nice and crispy golden brown on the outside and stuff it with the same herbs. Go the same flavor profile so you so your vegetarian or vegan feels like they're eating the same thing. But there's so many things you can do. There's so many different plant-based meats and proteins out there that you can use or just go all veg. Everybody gets scared about vegetables. You can do the same thing with a vegetable that you can with any piece of meat or any fish. You can roast it, grill it, smoke it, anything, steam it, mash it. Stick it in a soup. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. All right, well, listen, we uh, want to remind everyone uh, that Chef Jennifer Carroll has this free Turkey Workshop and Q&A, and you can get the first episode. It's a three-day event. Yesterday was the first day. It's awesome. Uh, today is the second one, uh, which is going to handle buttering and trussing, and then tomorrow's the classic co- classes cooking. So you can check this out at eatccc.com and, uh, and and try this out. If it, and, and you know what? Go for it. I think turkeys are pretty easy to cook, uh, personally, Jen. I, th- I think it's it, because it's large, it intimidates people, but it's actually yeah. a pretty simple process. You know, there's not... A whole lot of complexity to it, you know. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people get overwhelmed by cooking, 
And you just, you just got to do it. You got to try, you got to experiment and you get better and better every single year because you learn from your mistakes. And, and what and better day to do it fun in the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Experiment on Thanksgiving. Yeah. By the like way, I'm just doing. quickly, is this your, is this the set that we're looking at? We're looking at you in, in a sort of a setting. Is this where you uh, conduct the, uh, the courses? This is where I do all my classes. Oh, this is this is my studio. Yeah, we do all the cooking here and and all the fun interviews. This is super fun. <laughs> nice. Every morning. We'll, we'll do it again sometime for sure. We want to remind people to check out the restaurant Spice Finch, which is in Rittenhouse Square. Yeah, uh, I've been there only for cocktails though, and it was wonderful, mind you. Uh, but you can uh, you can stop in and grab a bite there. And chef, are you, are you there from time to time? Will people see you uh, if you're if they go to the restaurant? I am there every once in a while, and then I also have my experienced company, Carol Couture Cuisine, where I do intimate dinners in people's homes. I do pop-up events. I travel all over the world, and I do tons of classes here out of my studio. That's awesome. So that's, yeah, I'm like, lots of fun stuff. You can know everything about me by way of my website, eatccc.com, or on my Instagram, Chef Jen Carol. J-E-N-C-A-R-R-O-L-L. Follow me and you'll know everything. (laughs) Excellent. Well, hey, thank you so much, Chef. Have a great Thanksgiving and uh, and continued success to you. Thank you all so much. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. On the Preston and Steve Show. And there you go. You got your helping hand right there in the the kitchen. Stuff didn't exist years ago. And here you have have somebody who in real time can lead you through the process. This is like my dream. Like, that's what I need, right? right? You know what I mean? I could maybe I could actually get through Thanksgiving (laughs) if I had her walking me through it. No, your dream is to watch someone watch that and prepare the food for (laughs) you. I told my mom about it. I was like, Mom, you should do this. She goes, why don't you come over and you do it? I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, good no. uh, <laughs> How often did she say to turn the turkey? Uh, just like every minute. No, just at least once. <laughs> at you least you once. don't have to do it like every. All like right, so maybe about minutes, halfway through, just turn yeah, it. Yeah, halfway through, turn it. Or if you want to do it three times or whatever, just yeah, just move it around. Case, also make sure that you put those little goggles over its eyes. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. The yeah. heat and the, the, the light <laughs> will hurt it. Uh, often, how often do you baste it? I don't really baste it. Uh, you know, but, but you can do it. You can do like, like three or four times. Okay, you know, like uh, every, every half hour or something. Like All that. right. Yeah. You brought up something that was, was, was true, and I, I know we have to uh, wrap up. But the uh, the memories of um, Thanksgivings gone yeah. by. Yeah, my mother would be up at like six. Yes, like. Yeah. Getting everything ready, yeah. and, and I mean, for the full day. Yeah, that's what it seemed yeah. like. So, All right, we're going to take a break because we're going to go live on Fox Good Day this morning. Uh, we also have a very special acknowledgement of someone who has a 40th anniversary today at this radio station. Yes. We'll get to that a little bit later. Stay with us. B-Files coming up next, too. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate Steven Singer.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 93.3 WMMR going live on Fox hey, News. Hey! Hey! Hey, guys. <laughs> um, we found this article, 
uh, and it says conversation starters at the Thanksgiving dinner table uh, because you're trying to avoid religion and politics and stuff like that. So here's one of them. I'll give you a few and have you respond. I'll do one at a time. Ask this person at the whole table, which person at this table would make the best news anchor? Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Uh, no, I, I would say go with which person at this table is the most generous lover. Ah. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, what all will you yeah. do? Yeah. Like get something going. Get something going. Yeah. And, and then sack. Thanksgiving takes a whole different direction. <laughs> Could you imagine? Well, how, would the, you. how would the people at the table look at you if you said, who here would be the best news anchor? I think my brothers would ask me to leave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you yeah. ask that question. Uh, they, they would, they'd all look at the turkey and think it's undercooked. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Okay, what about this next one, then? If you had a uniform that you had to wear every day, what would it be? That's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> I would respond with uh, someone who works at an asylum so I could take you away yeah. for asking oh that question. Straight jacket. Mm -hmm. I'm like actually right. legit thinking of an answer. I'm I like, I don't know. Wear scrubs. Yeah. Is scrubs the Chippendales. They do look yeah. comfortable. Because yeah. they're comfortable? Yeah. Okay. I would go as a nurse or a UPS driver. Yes, shorts. A sexy nurse? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Well, now, yeah. now my mind's really <laughs> Mike and some fishnets. French maid. Yeah. Oh, my God. The Hooters yeah. uniform. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're, they're, okay. The, the, the new or the old, because the new the new one has a much more um, uh, cut back. They almost look like uh, panties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you study Hooters uniforms? Oh, well, you we remember the, the big it. the big uh, controversy was they released a new version of the uniform, and some no. of the women were saying, "No, I'm not going to do that." It was they, much more revealing. It looks They've like a bikini bottom. The yeah. option to wear yeah. if they want to or not. We're all over I this stuff. It was stuff already like a bikini bottom. No, no they're, they're like they're like shorts. Alex, yeah. it was even more. It was kind of like oh. yeah, it was like more like a thong. Both Preston and oh, I worked, worked as Hooters girls for a while, so we know this. That's okay. a, that's just absurd. Do we have a Hooters near us? <laughs> Are they a sponsor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they probably would be a sponsor of this show. Uh, but Alex has said over the years that Hooters have great wings. Oh, I do love their wings. I've never liked their wings. I've, I've just what? never been. I think they're overrated. I think they're it, overrated. It is a family place to eat, though. It says it on the sign. Right. What? Does it say that? It does. Yes. What kind of family. Yeah. <laughs> They've good fried okay. pickles. Good uh, so. fried pickles. Yeah. Exactly. What are we what talking about Thanksgiving? Are we talking about yeah. Yeah. How did this happen? Well, you know the, how the pilgrims originally celebrated they with Hooters girls. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. Right, here's one last one. All right. This is like Oprah's tree thing. If you were a pair of shoes, what kind of shoe would you be? What? Like a wingtip. No. Mm, whatever, whatever one would be the most painful when yeah. I kick you for asking that question. <laughs> <laughs> Steel-toed boot. Are you, any of you, are you traveling? I am. Today? Yeah, I'm driving to uh, Southern Virginia. i got to drive down Route 81, which is a giant pain in the ass. God but but uh, for the first time in, in more than two years, uh, entire family is going to be uh, oh. under the same roof at the same time. So I'm very much looking nice. forward to being oh, yeah, yeah. be worth it. Absolutely, yeah. Any of you guys traveling? I'm going to go to Seattle tomorrow afternoon. Wow. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, he'll yeah. be sleepless. And, and I'll be here working. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, someone's got to hold down <laughs> the floor. But my family's in town, so that's uh, yeah. nice. Grandpa's nice. here and everything, so uh, it's great. I love your grandpa. He's awesome. probably, uh, you know, he's, he seems like a sweetheart, so very cool. Oh, thank yeah. you. I think he's going to be on the show tomorrow uh, yeah, enjoying dinner with, with us. us. Oh. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving. You guys too. Thank you very much. All right, we'll see you yes. later, guys. Okay. <laughs> All right. I had no, no idea that Hooters was so richly entrenched. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember, every time I hear Hooters, I think of that 
And it's always the first thing in my mind is that semi-submerged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I ate there. The boat. Boat. Uh, down on. That uh, for the longest time was on the Delaware. Delaware yeah. Ave. Yeah. 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 And it. Uh, I did an appearance there when I first moved. When to it was above water, right? When it was above yeah. water. <laughs> and eventually it, it sank and went partially down. Now, I think they towed it out. And made it into an artificial reef, reef yeah, somewhere. They yeah, did. they did. But I, I ate there on May 15th, 2000. Why do I remember that date? Uh, it was the day of the uh, Fish Sonic session. So I remember oh, going and seeing that. It's right down the street from there. That was a cool... Yeah. That was cool to have that. I mean, you know, the, the, the floating restaurants are fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but... Uh, it didn't go anywhere, though. No. Like, no you couldn't but, go for a cruise and, and eat uh, chicken wings. Like the Mashaloo. Uh Yes. Uh, yeah, that doesn't go anywhere either. Yeah, yeah. 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 Permanently moored. All right, uh, you know what we have done? We have an uh, NGM insurance group traffic, so let's do that now, Kathy. What's going on? Kelly Drive inbound closed between 25th and the Art Museum Circle. That's for Thanksgiving Day Parade preparations on the Schuylkill Expressway. Eastbound, it's heavy 202 into Gulf Mills, the Boulevard to Spring Garden. Uh, westbound side, University to the Vine, City to Belmont. 95 southbound, Jams Cotman to Bridge, the Betsy Ross Bridge to Allegheny, the Vine. Westbound, so the Ben Franklin Parkway to the Schuylkill North. 95 at the Platte Bridge. We had an accident on the, on the off-ramp. That's now cleared. 55 northbound, Jams Deptford to the 42 freeway. This traffic report brought to you by... Go I was wondering. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. Wawa! Now every Tuesday, Wawa Reports members get any size hot coffee or handcrafted iced coffee for free. Free coffee Tuesdays. Good morning. Start at Wawa. And that's your traffic on 93.3. And for at least today, we continue that. We are treating today like a Friday. And it has that feel. We played the Friday song this morning. So uh, something I wanted to start doing was was playing our our froggy jingle on oh, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right before the Bizarre File. So I think we can do that. It's I like it. less than a minute. So yeah. let's fire it up. I don't want to jump the gun here, but something really cool did happen with uh, Froggy the Band, and something cool really could be happening with we're Froggy hoping. the Band. Oh my yeah, God, we're hoping. Awesome. But yeah, you're right. I kind of don't want to jinx it. No, don't. Mm-hmm. So we won't mention anything. Uh, yeah, yet, but, but but if it comes to pass, we will let you know. We'll let you know. That's pretty and cool. They'll eventually owe us a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> we'll just say that. Yes, yeah. but we love them. Yeah, we love so them. we will probably we will set up an agreeable payment. Plan. Okay, that's. Like you say it on air, it, like that's a contract, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think okay. we just signed. Just one party yeah. has to say it for it to be a binding right. contract. That's it. Yeah. yeah, everybody everybody agrees if one person says it. <laughs> it's oh, like wait. when yeah. C. Martin performs that divorce uh, in uh, in the Man with Two Brains, Preston. It goes like you. this. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I, I second what you just said. So now <laughs> right. it's really right. official. All, right. yeah. All those in agreement. Aye. All right, it's been done. Your money. All right, we have to do the bizarre file. Here we go. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's. Brought to you this morning by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. You can download the DraftKings app and use the code ROCK to get in on the action. 
Steve, send me this story. You need to search this guy and find oh. video of him. A oh. body modification enthusiast oh, yeah. who dreams of becoming a black alien no. has had two of his fingers cut off so that his hand looks like a claw in his latest shocking transformation. Anthony Lafredo has already covered his body, including his eyeballs in tattoos and removed his nose and top lip in his bid to look like what he calls a black alien. The Frenchman, who documents his dramatic physical alterations for his 730,000 followers on Instagram, has now gone one step further and had surgery in Mexico to cut off his two fingers. He cut off his pinky and his ring finger. So it looks like a like a, uh, like a velociraptor claw or something. He's, well... Okay. But what can you say? Graphic images and video show uh, Lafredo lying on an operating table surrounded by surgeons as he raises up his hand to look at his new claw in awe. Lafredo revealed that he is uh, preparing to remove two fingers from his right hand so he can have a matching claw. He wrote on Instagram, on the other side of the world, uh, to continue my project. The procedure is going well. One more dream that has just come true. Thank you for doing your top uh, Thank you for doing your top job. Thank you, Mexico, from my heart. 34% loading. I don't know what that means. Uh, it means he's out of his freaking mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's there's a line in this story that's hilarious. So it's the, the latest transformative... Uh, transformative uh, procedure comes after Lafredo had his nose and top lip removed. He later confessed that he now struggles to speak. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, come on, Steve. He mentioned back. It probably was not the way to go. In retrospect, I probably would have left your lip on. If I would have left your lip on. But Okay. It's a shame. Uh, we were looking at pictures of him in the studio. He was a very attractive man. Yes, he's he actually good-looking dude. Yeah. But yeah. not to him. Yeah. You know and again, I mean? that's a, it's, it's wow. a body dysmorphia thing. But I mean, the thing also, Preston, I would imagine, he sheared off the front of his nose so that you can see a la like a, like a pig almost. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. see into his nostrils. Mm-hmm. I, I assume there's a, a load of medical issues with having that exposed that way. And then with his hands... What it looks like, it, it, it again. I'm trying to justify this stupid thing. You would have to. I would, if I was, if I was doing this, shear off the part of the hand that extends out because it just looks like he lost two fingers on that hand. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're looking for your velociraptor claw. Other than this uh, idiot piercing and tattooing, body modifications that result in injury are illegal in many European countries. As such, Lafredo did not specify exactly where or when, by whom or or uh, by whom his nose and upper lip were removed. I'm not saying. You think you're clever, but you're not. When speaking about the procedures in an Instagram live question and answer session, he wouldn't name where he got it. Was it a Mexican Rite Aid? Uh, is that where you got that done? <laughs> oh, it's like flu shot. Yeah, you get the flu shot or you can have your fingers removed. Take my nose off. Uh, Laredo said he has been passionate about mutations and transformations of the human body uh, from a young age. Well, after they shaved his fingers off, Preston, they gave him a shingles shot. Wow. All I don't right. want to get those. All right. Uh, if you need another reason to avoid your local Walmart during the holiday shopping crush, here it goes. A man <laughs> is facing an obscenity charge for allegedly pleasuring himself while watching porn on a laptop in the electronics department <laughs> oh, of a Walmart. On. You know, I've, and this is how you contextualize all of this. I always have to say, okay, where, there's a Walmart story. Where does this fall? Mm-hmm. That's not so bad. Alexander that's Pierce. That's not so bad. Well, nobody got hurt. Yeah. There was no one injured. Right. So that's at least he got that. Alexander Pierce was captured Friday afternoon on store surveillance video, hunched over a laptop with his hands in his pants. Uh, Pierce had been barred. At from least he re- was in his pants. Had been barred from the retailer since July when he was arrested for shoplifting there. 
When a cop confronted him outside the Walmart, he claimed to have been watching, quote, music videos on a laptop. While initially denying that he viewed pornographic material, Pierce then admitted that he was looking at pictures. Aww. Though he denied pleasuring himself in the store, Pierce reportedly told an officer that he probably still had, and I'm paraphrasing, residue on his hands from four hours prior. Wow, it didn't dry? Uh, the arrest report, thankfully, does not further expound on Pierce's sticky fingers. His bond was set at $5,200. That's good news for you. You're our customer of the day. <laughs> a Pennsylvania woman who was traveling with her pet parrot was the victim of a road rage shooting along the Pennsylvania Turnpike on oh. Sunday afternoon. Uh, the woman named Morgan King said that she's uh, going to be okay and also said that she was actually trying to apologize to the other driver when she was shot. King said that she was on her way back home, which is near Philadelphia, when police said a small mistake turned into a violent road rage encounter. King said that she went to switch lanes, didn't see the vehicle next to her, so she swerved back to avoid a collision. It happens to the best of us. Sure. And police said the two vehicles were soon side by side. King said that when she went to pass him, she leaned forward to say sorry. Right, yeah. And that's when he shot her. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Police said King was shot in the abdomen, and uh, she had surgery and said that she will make a full recovery. King was uh, able to get a description of the vehicle, and about 40 miles down the road, police said they found the suspect, 30-year-old Andrew Skinner. Skinner is accused of firing the shot that wounded King. Police said his vehicle matched King's description, and they found a gun in the car. Did the parrot give a description? Her pet parrot is being watched by some friends in town while she recovers, and (laughs) Skinner's being held on $250,000 bond, so that's just crazy. Crazy. So you have a you have a obviously that's a bad encounter. Your first thought is to shoot into the car. It's it's he was an idiot. He's yes. crazy. He's an idiot. All right, and then finally, uh, a man that has been on the run from the FBI has been captured in Alabama after assuming a new identity as a pastor. Larry Albert Flake, seventy four years old, was arrested in Birmingham by FBI agents. Flake was convicted of sexual misconduct with a minor in Indiana in two thousand one. He's been on the run. He had failed to appear for trial, and he was sought, uh, sought up after uh, uh, by federal agents. According to the FBI, uh, Flake had been living under the name Larry White and was a pastor at a church in Birmingham. This guy's uh, been on the run for 20 years. 20 years. And he's been living as a pastor at a church. So for the the, the majority of that run, was he living as a pastor? That, I don't know how long okay. he was this pastor here. He was also known as Reverend White to people in the area. He was also one of the new kids on the block. Agents received a lead from an unnamed source, and that led to Flake's arrest. They say without that lead, Flake would have not been found. You know what? I know we're out of time, but I'm going to do one more because it's also someone who had been on the run. One of the U.S. Marshal's uh, 15 Most Wanted has been found dead in South Carolina. A guy named Frederick Cecil McLean, who was 70, uh, had been on the run for more than 16 years. Wow. He was found dead in Seneca after a neighbor went to check on him. U.S. Marshal said the neighbor found a decomposing body in the home and called authorities. Uh, Lynn Ellison, a neighbor, said uh, he seemed really nice, and that's what's scary. Uh, uh, she said... Uh, this is while he was alive, right? We knew Jim. He went by Jim at this time. We didn't know that he had any aliases. Talk mm. about nervous, and I'm still nervous. It's kind of eerie. Uh, an autopsy was done and fingerprints obtained, and they compared the fingerprints on file from McLean. Turns out it's him. No foul play is expected in his death. This dude got away with it, man. He I mean, did. He, 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 he did. Ended up, they didn't get him. He what was died. his crime again in person? Did you, did you mention? No, I didn't. So multiple counts of sexual assault on a child. Oh, my God. Oh. And was deemed a high risk. That's why he was one of FBI's most, most wanted. Yeah. Uh, but he had lived. I, I a, hope he lived a painful life. This is another person who had managed to live a long time. Uh, on the run. It happens from time to time. No. People get away with it, man. If 
Going off the grid successfully does happen more than you would think. Wow. All right. That's pretty freaky. All right. And that's it in the bizarre file for you. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, is it is it time to delve into the uh, anniversary? Yes, sir. I'm excited. This is very cool. 40 years that Pierre Robert has been working at this radio station. That's completely unheard of. Amazing. In this business. And we're going to spend some time with some people who have worked very closely with him and the man himself. Yes. And we're going to we're going to relive some of those moments and just talk about all that stuff. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. We'll take a break and we'll come back in just a moment. Make sure that you stay with us. You know, we couldn't do the Camp Out for Hunger without all our sponsors. They make it happen. We couldn't do it without them. 93.3 WMMR. Highlighting our valued partners, the local businesses who donate products and services that help make Camp Out for Hunger happen. Hey, guys. It's Michael here from Scally's Amusements, and we're proud to be part of our eighth Camp Out this year. For us, it all started with a call from Casey. He's like, yo, you guys got that game where you shoot out the star with the BBs? Preston loves that game. We were like, of course we do. But we also have this pretty cool ride that we'd like to bring that we call the Can Drop. So ever since that call from Casey, we've been spending a week with everyone down at Camp Out, giving out rides. But what we find the most fun is being part of the Camp Out for Hunger Can Drop Challenge. So on behalf of everybody at Skelly's Amusements, we hope you guys have the best year ever. See you guys. Have a great one. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger. Find out how you can make a difference at WMMR.com. This message brought to you by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less. Um, So, a couple of people are running ever so slightly behind. <laughs> yeah. So, sense. why don't we take a little bit of time and clean out the jug drawer. And get rid of some uh, stories that are going to go by the wayside if we don't have a chance to talk about them now. Uh, so let me rummage around in here. Oh, here's one. Christmas lights are lovely, but they don't come without safety risks. The National Fire Protection Association says fire departments in the U.S. responded to an average of 160 home fires every holiday season from 2004 to 2018, and lighting equipment and electrical distribution encountered for 45% of those fires. Uh-huh. So they have... You overload the system. Some tips for you to stay safe. Right. That's good. Stand right. in water. No. <laughs> Experts say you should be sure to turn your Christmas lights off before going to bed. Yes, I do that. before you leave for your... Uh, when you leave your home. So we do the old style, Preston. We have lit candles in our tree. Oh, yeah. yeah I love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. traditional. It's very traditional. But on Christmas Eve, you leave them on all night, right? Uh, <laughs> I leave them on all night. Yeah, anyway. You can do that, yeah. I mean, most, Do you use most... a timer? Do you have a timer? Uh, I, uh, so uh, inside, yes. Uh, actually, yes. All, I don't know why I delineated. I have timers, yeah. All okay. Way, inside and outside. So you got them set to go off? Yes. Like, like around 1130. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when That's... I... when I'm not doing Christmas lights this year. I don't no? feel like busting with it. Don't give me that look, I... Kathy. Oh, my what? God, you're truly the Grinch. I, what are you talking about? Wow. Anyway. You're, you're not shopping for your wife, probably. What? I oh, have already, already bought the majority right, of gifts okay. for this year. Right. Suck it, lady. <laughs> wow. Um, right. So, anyway, uh, I would use a timer and, and have it go off at, like, I don't know, 1 a.m. or something okay. like that. So, yeah. 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 Steve, I don't know why uh, this 
resonated with me, but uh, we do have a timer for the outside lights. We don't have one for the inside lights. Because I, I figure you can flick a switch or whatever. I guess so, it. yeah. Um, but the the outside one, is, we, we actually, uh, I just put some lights up last year. You guys will be surprised at this and never took them down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for the outside really? lights, I don't think it really matters. I think you can Wait, leave them out year-round. Outside, like the ones that are like strung from maybe like an overhang what, to well, the tree? Those are just for like um, Every day, decoration. Right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like, yeah. You know, there are people who leave their, the, the perimeter lights around the edging of the house. That's it. Uh, so, and then they, like they, they once they've hung them and they put them in place, they won't take them down. They just won't turn them on. Exactly. Until the holidays. You I, could just I, say I, I can sort of see that. Yeah. You could just say it's like an, oh, this is my homage to Boathouse Row. That's, a, that's what it was the exactly. whole time. The whole time. I, um, I was, forgot what I was. Oh, I have these. Uh, it's not necessarily a timer, but they are. It's a detonator. It's not a detonator either. Um, but they are, um, they're like little remote controls for yes, the lights. So I, I don't those. have to, I could just, you know, hit a button and they all turn off and I don't have to worry about They work nothing. well? Yeah. Okay. So, so what happens is like I, my, my wreath is, um, so you don't have wires running, uh, you, you turn it on and then set it at, like I'll do it when I hang it up. At five o'clock, and at five o'clock, I'll set it and it'll go for like eight hours, and then it'll shut off. You just need to turn it on and set the time right. once, and then you're good to go. Actually, you know what, Kathy? I take that back. I will. There, I'm, I'm not going to do the whole yard. Oh, I, last year, I did. We do have an evergreen out in front of our house, and it looks like a Christmas yeah. tree type yeah. thing, and it's big. It goes, it's like taller than the house, and I got those. Uh, <laughs> I got those uh, thousand light. Uh, they're really small LED lights, and they're just tons of them. Um, and each strand has like a thousand lights on it. And I and I just late. I just did that, so it looks like a Christmas tree. Yeah, I like that. That's I think I'll do that. That's uh, honestly, not too much of a pain I'm glad you're light. back. All right, I'm I back. just did Kathy shamed that's you into doing. <laughs> Wait, just, can you? Sorry, you can, can you? Thing. I want to see what you're talking about. Those lights, because uh, I need some new. Are yes. they white? Uh, you can get uh, I, both, and you can, and they have all different kinds of modes that that they'll cycle through. Oh, they, yeah, the lights will those. chase or fade oh. in and out, or or do a color scheme and stuff like that. I'll show them together. Right, I got them at Ace Hardware. Actually. Okay, Ace is the place for the helpful hardware man. Yeah, or folks. Yeah, right. I do net lights, Kathy, and because it's so... Easy. Yeah, they're good. I mean, and it looks nice. So I have a bunch of shrubs and stuff in front of my house, and I just throw those up, and, like, everything's good. Steve, I wanted to ask you a question because uh-huh. uh, you, I think, are doing something that I want to try, and I was at uh, Home Depot yesterday. I couldn't find these lights. I have a, a light post in my front yard. Yes. And I want to set up, like, a cone of lights around that. So they sell, is it like a flagpole that you have or just a just a regular pole? No, it's a light post. Okay, light post. So what you can do is, you can, and they sell them, it is a ring that has strands of lights that come down from it. Right. You hang it around that and then you pull the strands out and so at night, oh. it is the lit silhouette of a tree. Right. Yeah. Oh, and so, you need a you need a pulley up on top of the, uh, uh, the pole, I would imagine, uh, right? This is an adjustable disc that sits on top of whatever you're putting it on. A lot of them are made for uh, flagpoles. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then you can clamp it on, and then uh, there's about, I guess, 25, 30 around of these strings. And then you pull them out, post them into the, you know, stick them into the ground. Right. And you've got your your sort of tree silhouette. And then another thing I was thinking about doing was uh, was um, maybe getting, because they have uh, those LED um, strand lights and not the ones that like our kids are all putting in their rooms now, but like they're meant for outdoors. And right. I'm, I'm thinking about lining my driveway and or sidewalk. See, I uh, go with I, that. I go like I, I, I love, you know, in the world of lights, uh, Christmas lights, you have your C7s and your C9s. Oh, of course. I go with the C9s, which are the bigger old style Christmas bulbs. You yeah. Know? So I, uh, and then around the perimeter, I use on the fence, the C7s. And uh, I like that old style bulb look to it. Uh, but whatever your preference is, Preston, just by doing a tree or something over the walkway, a little thing, 
shows your spirit, you're good to go. Speaking of old style and old school, Steve, there's a neighborhood near me that does the luminary, the bags. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Love those. and, and those I love great. it. And they actually have like a little ceremony. You know, they, they set aside a date every year. I don't know, the, like the 15th or whatever of December. And uh, my mom's neighborhood, the, the, the one that she grew up in, they do it every year. We'd make a pilgrimage just to go see her neighborhood, which is really cool. And so now there's one near me, and I, and I love seeing that. I wish my neighborhood did it. Well, they you have a ceremony. Act- they do. I think it's, it's just like an opening all- ceremony. Yeah, like it's it's come on out on the on you December fourteenth. <laughs> come on out on this date. We're all going to be lit up. You could just do it. I mean, here's the deal. Started you, in my neighborhood. Yeah. Go. All you have to do is go to the dollar store. Get an ass load of tea light candles. Yeah. Get an ass load of uh, uh, bags, and then you need something because my my town did it as well. Always they only on, had a half ass. Always on Christmas Eve, and uh, and then you get some sand to to weigh the bag down. Okay, and then you get sand, sand, sand. Yeah, you don't you don't eat it. Oh, you put okay. it at the bottom of the bag. Yeah, so a lot of communities do that. A lot of neighborhoods do it, and uh, I think what Nick was talking about too is like it, it the lighting of them. Like there's, I know uh, one they do like. Not, it's not a ceremony. It's just, hey, we're going to start to light these yeah. on this day. And so it's they all do it together so that the whole neighborhood is lit Do you know what's kind of fun to do? Also set a tire fire at the dumps. <laughs> yeah. That's a different thing. Like, yeah, yeah, for a while. Yeah, for a while. Everybody yeah. goes caroling. Yeah, Speaking yeah. of lighting things on fire, um, <laughs> the lanterns, Preston, we've seen them down the shore all yeah. the time. So cool. It is cool. But like old is, style lanterns? No, 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 no. The ones that fly. They, oh, you, they're so great. you light them and then yes. they take off. They look so cool. set your neighbor's house on fire. Here's the deal. It can't be... Be the slightest bit breezy when you no. do those. Right. It's the the, the yeah. conditions have to be perfect for that to work. We've tried it before. They, they, they've, it, it is a beautiful thing to witness. It's awesome. There was a light the night. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Which, is which is that? Yes. They used to do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool ceremony. All right. So anyhow, another quick tip here. Uh, uh, you need to make sure that the oh, it's the same thing. Sorry. Yeah. Look for lights that are labeled with UL, as this means have been tested for safety, and also consider getting LED lights. Of course, that uh, puts out less heat. Uh, be diligent when hanging your lights. Be sure not to misuse them or overload them. As a general rule, rule fire safety experts recommending plugging in no more than three light strings at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's adorable. Oh, that's that adorable. So I get lights. They're from the Dental Records brand, Preston. Dental yes. Records. Yeah. All right. All right, now I can go dig it. Okay. All, right. All right, this has to do with Thanksgiving. I've never heard of this before. Okay, so... Uh, Apparently, this time of year, there are uh, certain pseudo-fears that pop up. Around the holidays? On the internet, yes. And on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit, there is one that comes up that I've never heard of that a group of people claim their biggest fear is marrying into a family that does the turkey trot on Thanksgiving morning. What? Have you guys ever... So, uh, Wait, so I... They will do like 5Ks, and they'll call them turkey trots. Yeah, uh, but what is the classic traditional turkey? Well, that's right. it's a run of some type. Yeah, so uh, it's a tradition that's been going strong since the very first one that was held in Buffalo in 1896. Yeah. Usually the trot is a one mile run to a half marathon, uh, though the standard distance is a 5K. And it seems that many people dislike the idea of a turkey trot for a few reasons. One being they don't want more uh, uh, more family time on a day already packed with it. <laughs> Another being that figuring out how how many calories one needs to burn to offset Thanksgiving dinner is problematic. Oh. And another being that many young adults like to go out partying on Thanksgiving Eve and hangovers don't pair with running the next morning. You'd have to run a full marathon to wipe out the caloric intake of a of a right. classic Thanksgiving meal. People don't realize that. Yeah, but it's better than not working out. Well, I, wor- <laughs> I I will work out. I'm going to work out and do the treadmill Thursday morning because it's on my workout well, yeah, thing. See, you'll, yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll burn I, some but calories. But I'm not going to uh, conf- lie to myself and say that's going to take care of everything. No, but it, it'll, it'll yeah. help. Yeah. Also, it's 
freaking cold usually well, Preston, the day after okay, Thanksgiving. So I was just having this conversation with Nick. So um, <laughs> I I will do something on Thanksgiving morning. I'll either do like a boot camp type workout, a turkey wow. trot, something. Um, and I I agreed to do this turkey trot, and then <laughs> it started to get colder and colder, right. and I'm like. Do I really want to get up? Like, go find parking because it's going to be hundreds of people. Where is it? Where are you find doing parking. This? There's, it's in media. Okay, or, or somewhere mm. around media. But they're expecting like <laughs> six hundred people. Are you doing the one with the Haverford Y? Because they have one. No, I don't think it's that case. Yeah. Are I there enough people where no one would know that you actually didn't go? Well, yeah, but I was going to do it like with people. So that's yes, the thing. These turkey trots know. are like a group activity. Oh, yeah, and is so there this is why this is a fear that comes up. That oh my god, I'm getting roped into this. Yeah, I'm going to do but, it. But the the sole reason that I want to back out is the temperature. Okay, yeah. and I know it's going to be nicer, but that early in the morning is going to be freezing. May I suggest something? Yeah, COVID. Just say so you have. <laughs> just say I have COVID. <laughs> yeah, uh, my friend's neighborhood used to do a football game on. Uh, on oh yeah. the day after Thanksgiving. Oh yes, and it was it turned into a big deal. They also turned it into a, um, a fundraiser, like everybody yeah, would bring yeah. food and and uh, to donate to fill abundance and stuff like that. Uh, but the the kids all started getting older, and and they decided <laughs> to bail on it. So. Yeah, uh, we uh, interest wanes on that stuff after a while. We did a football game for I think two years, and then my sister had a baby on Thanksgiving, and that stopped the football game tradition. <laughs> I think my post Thanksgiving uh, tradition is weed a palooza. Weed a palooza. Sit around uh, and smoke wow. weed all day now, long. Would you? Would that be better to to start in the morning to wake and in, bake? Increase your. Um, Appetite, right? Oh, you mean on Thanksgiving yeah, Day? Yeah, nah, I want. I want to break. The Why next not day stuff too. the bird with uh, with cannabis? That's a good idea. <laughs> mm, you smell like whole house smells. I weed. don't even know what I'm eating. Yeah. There are grade school. Tur- I just ate my napkin. <laughs> there are grade school turkey bowls where you know the grade school football teams will go head to head, and it's a party for the adults. Like like flat out, the kids are working. <laughs> the kids yeah. are up, and the parents are having a blast. Yep. All right, so anyhow, uh, some people are, have fears of ending up in a turkey trot. All right, I found this. If you always get lost, you could have what's called direction dyslexia. I know I know people who have this. Re- my my, uh, my wife, uh, Claire, she definitely has this issue. Okay. Researchers from Canada say, well, she's not alone. If, yeah. uh, if your sense of direction is embarrassingly non-existent, and it's an issue that you've had since childhood. It could be due to topographical disorientation or DDT. Uh, uh, D- I'm sorry, DTD, okay. not DDT. Uh, aside. A, a disorder that they say could affect up to 2% of the population. Uh, they say most people who have the disorder are competent in every other uh, area of their life and have no cognitive disabilities. Neuroscientist Professor Giuseppe Laria says... Uh, people with DTD come from all sorts of careers. They live perfectly normal lives. They often have no discernible memory or attention issues. The problem is they have an absolute inability to create mental maps of their environment, something that most people do without thinking about. And these and are says, people that have DBDA? Yeah, DBDA. Uh, he says that the condition seems to be highly hereditary and that his team has developed an intensive 12-day computerized training program meant to help people with DTD develop their navigational skills. So my so Claire is is absolutely you know sharp and and and, and uh, super smart and and great with all this stuff. Uh, what happens is if if we walk into a place and then walk out, she will make say we need to go right, she'll go left. Right. Like and and say you know my my direct but once if she were to focus in the direction of the right direction, she can then pick up cues about where we're where we are, where we're parked. 
but they, there's that initial flipped in you know mirror <laughs> yeah. image of where we actually are. I think my girlfriend is kind of the same way, Steve, and. Um, we get into fights sometimes because she is so reliant on Waze or Google Maps to get her places, whereas I, I don't like being reliant on those things. Right. I like using my internal brain, the map that I have in my head. I love maps. I'm a, I'm a nerd when it comes to that type of thing. And so when I'm driving, I have that in my brain, like I, what where 76 is going at this point. Do you Do you occasionally put on, even if it's a place you've driven countless times, Put on the GPS just because you may be, your oh. mind may be racing well, or thinking of other things? Sometimes, mostly these days, I'll just do it for traffic purposes. Right. You know, yeah. if, if there's yes. going to be a quicker way to get there, I'll, you know, Google Maps or Waze will help you get there faster. But I don't like using it all the time because then I don't learn it. Like, I know. It, it, and, and my brain won't work that way, but she uses it all the time exclusively. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. It gets her where she needs to go. Yeah. I told you I had to turn it off because I didn't know how to get to my brother's house. He had lived <laughs> yes. there for two years and he lived one town over. And I was like, okay, enough is enough. You need to figure out how to get there on you, your own. Years ago, Kathy and I was doing stand-up. I would have, I had the Hackstrom, I had the Rand McNally map in the car. I drove all uh-huh. over the country using a regular Map. Regular map, you yeah. know, and 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 uh, and it worked, and it worked well, and I was really good at it. Uh, so having that ability is 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 cool. My dad yeah. still if not has useless at this point. He always kept it in like the little seat pocket in the back seat, yep, and like absolutely. Every, hand me the map, hand me the map, and he still has it in his. He <laughs> okay. still keeps it. It's the same torn up map, and he'll pull it out and he'll use because he still has a flip phone. He's okay. not using GPS. Yeah, yeah. You know, but if it's working for him, that's the Janice Joplin way. There you go. Exactly. All right, another thing. And I'm going to go, let me see. If I, I think I got one more Thanksgiving thing in here. By the way, I actually believe you're rooting through a drawer. Thank you. Yeah. Then you're you're, yeah. you're all in. You're yeah. theater of the mind, man. It's unbelievable. So I saw this. It was a question to ask. And I'm going back to Thanksgiving for a second. Uh, that says, have you gotten complaints if you've ever tried to change up the Thanksgiving menu? Oh, you uh, have you? Yeah. Okay. My what? brothers are so stuck on like eating, and to me, I'm like, let's try some. Let's put some. Let's call a new restaurant. <laughs> let's call a new restaurant. See what they're offering. Right. <laughs> so, like, have you have you offered up something to to? Well, I'm bringing roasted potatoes. I'm not doing mashed potatoes. I don't like okay. mashed potatoes, and uh, so, really? so they're they're probably going to have a problem with it. And I'm sure my mom has someone else bringing mashed potatoes because mm-hmm. she knows the boys will be upset if if not. Okay. Do you know what though? Regardless of your uh, the, the culinary skills, uh, your your family invites a lot of people who otherwise might not have some place to go, and that's that's a wonderful thing. So. We're being very kind with substandard food. I think that 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 works out, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've thought about offering up instead of turkey, we have spaghetti at my house. Oh. But I'll just pronounce it differently. <laughs> turkey. And that way, it's no, I'm not going to pronounce it turkey. I like uh, spaghetti. Oh. You know, maybe. Yeah. Fazagabool. Yeah, Fazagabool. <laughs> Marissa's bringing a pasta dish to um, Thanksgiving, and that, I never thought about that, but I kind of like it. She is. Uh, oh, she's gone. She's oh. not, she left. She's home. She's, she's home making pasta. She's out. Uh, she didn't I, like I the way he said spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> I could have pronounced it differently. There's only one way to say it, man. And how was that? Spaghetti. <laughs> oh, really? All right, Marissa, uh, you're doing a pasta dish? Yeah, so I was looking for like a fall dish, and first I found one that had like lots of veggies in it, and I was like, that's kind of boring. And then I found uh, pumpkin a la vodka sauce. Ooh. So it's pumpkin and coconut cream or okay. coconut milk and then all the rest of the like olive vodka stuff so that 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 brings in the 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 fall the, fall, the yeah. time of year yeah. and uh Toss, coconut milk <laughs> <laughs> mm, new england broiled coconut new england boiled coconut <laughs> <laughs> Do I hate coconut <laughs> and 
Kathy, Nick, you can make it with cream instead of the coconut. Cream. All right. Uh, but you can't taste it anyway. It cooks off like the vodka. Oh, yeah. But Preston, <laughs> thank you for telling me or suggesting to try it because I tried out a small portion last night. And, and I realized that I put too much red pepper flake in it. Great question, though. That's Have you my... tried, like, cauliflower, uh, all those pastas made from cauliflower? Yeah, I like the one that's the bonza. They're really like good. The, the chickpea beans. So that is my yeah. method. If you're going to try a new dish... Uh, before you serve it for people, make it at home yeah. or uh, uh, like a half version yeah. of it, just a half recipe, and then you'll know. And if you're looking for the recipe, I made a little reel. It's on my Instagram. Oh. I did it while I was watching the Alanis Morissette documentary. Highly recommend it to everybody. <laughs> okay. Marissa, when you're making the vodka sauce, uh, do you like is it Tito's? And do you have uh, samples of the Tito's as you're going? Uh, well, like I said yesterday, there I didn't have any Tito's because oh, right, sorry, yeah. <laughs> so I used some stateside. It's at that point where Marissa goes down to the <laughs> lobby vis-a-vis the balconies outside the building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just run down to the corner bar. I'm like, can I get a shot to go? No, it does have actual vodka sauce in it. I love or vodka, vodka sauce. rather. All right, um, there is one more thing food-related, and right. I don't want this one to get away from us. Uh, it, it, this is kind of, I had this in a connoisseur file, but it, I threw it in the junk drawer because right. we weren't doing the connoisseur today. Uh, but Hidden Valley Ranch has announced this year's Hidden Valley Ranch Holiday Collection. There will be a limited edition Holiday Ranch Nog Kit. Whoa, what's going on here? To make this, the brand partner with mixologists at Whiskey and Rosemary, and the kit comes with two glasses, a gold jigger, Hidden Valley Ranch seasoning packets, and a recipe card showing you how to make the cocktail. And the whole kit sells for 50 bucks. Are we talking about the actual inclusion of ranch dressing in this cocktail? Yeah, yeah. Or at least, yeah, the, uh, the, the mix. It sounds disgusting, doesn't it? It, it yeah. completely sounds disgusting. The brand described, and don't send it to Casey because he don't. doesn't drink. All right, so I it's don't not drink, his thing. And, and ranch is also isn't my favorite. Uh, the um, brand describes the drink as one of the one that marries the creamy, slightly sweet elements of eggnog with the savory, cool, and herby flavors of ranch. Did you guys see the? There's the lady. The semi took a video of a lady in a parking lot of a store. Where she was literally drinking a bottle of ranch dressing, Ew. like dude, she like it, it, all right. So you know, was, how, it, like, was it was it orchestrated? Was no, it? It didn't seem like it, Steve. Okay, it did not seem like it. But you know, so you know the classic like Hidden Valley set it up. You see, maybe uh, you'll see, uh, you know, like the classic alcoholic yeah. with a um, little flask, and you know, he takes a little nip of the of the flask. Like she basically is doing that. Okay. There's no, but there's no alcohol. There's nothing in. No, no she, she just, just loves likes ranch, ranch dressing. Oh, wow, it's got to be good for you. Yeah. All right. Uh, yes, Kathy. Can I just mention something before you wrap this up? Yes. Um, I wanted to thank a woman stopped by. Uh, she was from Cakes and More by Mary Boss, uh, and she dropped off a dessert charcuterie board for ooh, us. Ooh. Um, yeah, it's for uh, it? me, Steve, Casey, Nick, Marissa, Connor, Bill Weston, Chuck, Eric. Nick Murphy. Nick Murphy, all of us. Okay. Where is <laughs> just it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you didn't say your name. Yeah. Oh. Because oh. you ate ice cream. cream. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yes. It's, I don't um, blame you. It's in the office. So she dropped off a dessert charcuterie. Oh, board. that's this so is nice. She's doing, yeah. And uh, gluten-free cupcakes because she knows that uh, I'm trying to eat gluten-free. You're not allowed um, to eat food. You're doctor. I can't eat yeah. food, your, your yes. Father's t- your, your doctor's taking your food. Yes. I, so, so thank you to Mary Beth, uh, Cakes and More by Mary Boss. Nice. The word charcuterie... D- um, are people using it wrong? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's okay. just for, yeah. Because charcuterie means meat and cheese, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay. And that's like the French uh, derivation of it. But, um, Steve, you made a joke yesterday when we were talking about the ice cream and Preston made that confession. Uh, the, the good folk at uh, Mary Mead, they're probably going to make a Romano espresso for us. Oh! <laughs> so we're working Love on that it. for, for, uh, for the holidays. 
I love that. Yeah. Now, what does it have to not have in it so you can eat oh. it? <laughs> no, it's okay. Let let them make a good tasting okay. ice cream. All right. <laughs> I, I, you know, yeah. Come on. Um, is everyone here? Can we break, or do I do I have time for one more? What do you think? Oh, my is shrugging. So I did have one more thing. Yeah, there's one more. All right, one more thing in the junk drawer. And I, Kathy sent this to me. Okay, so uh, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Stuart Farrell of Stockton University uh, since 1985 has worked uh, there as a kind of pioneer of an unsettling science. And it has to do with sea levels rising. And he's had, and he mainly studies and surveys New Jersey's coast to see how the water levels are. So Dr. Farrell has painstakingly surveyed New Jersey's coast from Sandy Hook up north to Cape May Point down down south, uh, drawing detailed maps uh, that track the ongoing battle between the ocean and the land. And a progression of those maps proves that the land is not the one winning. He said it's been very interesting in terms of changes to the coastal ocean front. At the heart of his work um, is arming local officials with a snapshot of the future so they can plan for the rising tide. Using an array of cutting-edge technology, Dr. Farrell and his team uh, can now show street-by-street, block-by-block, what the Jersey Shore will look like if human behavior doesn't change. Uh, Climate and coastal scientists agree by 2100, the year 2100, that the water will likely be between four and six feet higher than it is today. Now, that doesn't sound like a whole lot, uh-huh. but it is if your land is less than five feet above sea level today, you're going to be facing a problem. So, for example, uh, some of the towns affected are Cape May City, the Wildwoods, Avalon, Stone Harbor, and Atlantic City. So that sounds like the whole up and down there. Well, yeah. you'll be out of there by t- uh, by, uh, by 2100. By 2100? <laughs> Uh, for example, the Venice Park section of Atlantic City, which is a couple of miles from the ocean, situated on the bay, is projected to be under several feet of water twice a day, every day. As with so many places, uh, the question here is how to fight back against that particular fate. I have an idea. Okay. I think what you need to do is just make the ocean deeper. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So. so just, get some shovels. Yeah, get some shovels. Uh-huh. Uh, no, because they keep dredging, uh, and so they do have the dredge capabilities. So just let's just get, start dredging. Dredge a palooza. And dredge a palooza. We just need a place to put said uh, land that Delaware. you're taking out of the. Well, I don't know where to put it. It's right to the south. Uh, no, you, okay, that's a good point. Yeah. So if it's if it raises five feet or so, it's not just you know around. New Jersey is going to be the yeah, whole Yeah, I'm saying ocean. dredge the whole entire the whole ocean. ocean. Right, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Now he's, not, well, he's not approaching this flippantly. No. One option, though, is to dike the land, he said. Oh, I like that. Which means building a seawall around it and pumping out the water that seeps in as the Dutch did in the Netherlands. So okay. there, is, there are... There are these engineering things that can be done. Yeah, they have those massive dams in uh, Venice too, and they're trying Damn. to like uh, <laughs> trying to save the city of Venice, which is also sinking. Uh, we've I've mentioned this before, but you know Avalon, the the northernmost the northernmost street in Avalon is Sixth uh, Street. It wasn't always Sixth Street. There was a first and a second and a third and a fourth. The, oh. the, the the streets in Avalon over the years have washed away, and and inevitably the you know the, those beach towns essentially move south. The well, way that the storms, sand right? the way that the sand shifts and oh the way God. that the land shifts. Uh, it brings the stuff that's up by Tom's River and uh, and Sandy Hook south. And so that's why Cape May is actually getting bigger and the places up north are getting smaller. That's why where Casey and I are and Wildwood Crest, it's 400 yards to get to the water. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Because all that, all that sand keeps coming down from uh, further up north. Yep. And and you're right, the beaches are getting larger in yeah. some areas and smaller in others. So when you run out of your house and go, 
Yeah. You run into the water. Yeah. <laughs> it's a walk. And I'm like right by the beach. And then you call an Uber. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why, take you know. Me to the, take me to the ocean. Listen, we invested in a beach cart that is, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's a ridiculous price. But it is... Completely awesome. and totally worth it. Can, okay. yes. Can I mention our friend Mike from the Dirty Delco yeah. Engineers? Because it's 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 another great invention. Okay, so Dirty Delco Engineers they they uh, compete in the uh, cardboard classic year after year. In fact, they've I think they took a break uh, for a couple of years. Yeah, uh, but they did like Preston's vasectomy and the uh, four twenty two socks. Mm-hmm. I think and, and a bunch of other great sites. Kathy, one year too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mike <laughs> with that group has created. A motorized beach cart. That's great. And yeah. it's a mother effort. It yeah. is awesome. Well, he, he has invented this. Yeah. They're not cheap, no. but you get a lot for them. And it's got like, it's it's got... Uh, um, uh, it's uh, got Bluetooth, Bluetooth it's, hookups, and yeah. all kinds of things to it. It doesn't have like wheels or tank treads. No, like, it's got wheels, but like so. But Steve, they're big beach wheels. Okay. The, yeah, yeah, these wheels, believe it or not, are because they're a little bit smaller than the wheels we have in our cart. Yeah, they're probably the wheels each are probably worth a hundred dollars each. Do they go round and round? They do. Yeah, go they round do and go round. round and round. Um, well, I'd love to see one of these things. Um, so we got to give that uh, some love to Mike. Do you, do you have any idea where people can search and order? Because I want to give him a nice plug. He's you know, been we so can great throw it up the on the website. We can throw he's it up been so website. great with yeah. the radio station. Oh, and it's for sale. Yeah, he's. Oh. I think is he is he trying to get it? No, uh, it's they're selling. I don't. It's I think called, it's, um, it's beyond kick starting now. It's called E Beach Wagon, and uh, if you want to email me, I'll give you Mike's email address, and you can. Uh, but it's Beach E Dash. Beachwagon.com. And so you can you can plug your, your Bluetooth speaker right into it. You know, if you want to have a... It's, it's got a battery on it that you can plug your phone into and stuff like That's that. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool, man. All right. So I wish him the best. And mm-hmm. want to mention that. And if you want a really, you know, a really great family uh, Christmas gift or holiday gift or whatever... Um, this is a, a cool option. So and now called, that the water's getting further and further from you. <laughs> E-Beachwagon. All right, um, wow. And yeah, like the little kids riding on it and everything, so uh, that's pretty cool. Look at that. So anyhow, uh, so one of the options is to dike the land, as this guy said. The other uh, uh, proposition is elevation, raising everything up by bringing in fill land to raise up the, the areas a Could little bit. Could you put New Jersey on Springs? I yeah, don't yeah. see why not. If you're going to dredge the whole ocean, yeah. why couldn't you do that? It's just, it's just a state. Well, the only other the other option, and listen, I'm not a scientist. You guys no, know no, that, right? No, right. you're uh, an orthopedist. I am. The only other option I've ever thought of was they can desalinate water. Can they not? Yes, they can. Okay. Why not take the water out of the ocean and put it and desalinate it and put it in places that desperately need water? Because you have other places that are going through severe, severe droughts. Like Lake Mead is disappearing. Um, the, uh, these other lakes that are in and around that, that, and it's just all over the world. Can they desalinate? Can they take the water out of the oceans, desal? The other problem, I think, is when you desalinate, that, that uh, salt is toxic. Is I believe from what it. I understand. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what you can I, do with the waste of that. It's been a while since I desalinated. I, uh-huh. Mr. Scientist, I uh-huh. I think it's it's uh, just too big. Okay. It's just we got giant. time. We got time. You don't have to do it by tomorrow. Twenty one hundred. Okay. Yeah. We got a little while. So this is a process that can be started now. I want you to be team leader on that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I want you to be I, Ed Harris in Apollo thirteen. I already have a job. Okay. I'm under contract, so okay. <laughs> no is not an option. Uh, the third option, though, is uh, leaving. He says, <laughs> just leave the area. And let nature take its course. Well, I've always questioned the notion of building, like, you know, multi-million dollar home 11 inches from the uh, cascading mm-hmm. waves. Yep, yep. But, hey, live and let live. All right, so, uh, and this, I think I got this from uh, 6ABC, by the way. It's an interesting <laughs> 
Oh, that's it. Oh, that's all we got to do because uh, we got to come back and spend some time talking about a young man who is celebrating his anniversary with this radio. It's unbelievable, station. and he gets to pick what ice cream he likes. Forty years, <laughs> yes, it's, it's a privilege that he gets. He is, uh, uh, he's leaving his house right now, so he should be here on time. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we'll take a break. Right. We'll come back All in right. just a moment, so make sure that you stay with us. One city, one radio station, one man, 40 years. Oh, dear. In 1981, he jumped in his trusty microbus Minerva and came to Philadelphia. Philadelphia Radio has never seen or heard anything like it. A fantastic run of great music, concert coverage, and real conversations from a who's who of rock royalty and passionate Philly fans. Always live, always local, and almost always in midday. There was that ill-fated morning show. You remember, wake up and smell the karma. I don't know quite what happened there. Pierre Robert has devoted his working life to WMMR listeners and our fine village. So we're digging through the MM archives to highlight some of the moments from this long, strange trip that is far from over. Congratulations, Pierre, on 40 years in Philly. From your co-workers, your fans, and your grateful friends at 93.3 WMMR. You know what? I'm I'm just going to dive right in. We've been talking a lot about this. You've been waiting it. Ladies and gentlemen, the person you've been waiting for all morning long, we want to welcome, <laughs> please give some love, <laughs> Gary Lauer. <laughs> Hi, Gary. That was incredible, Preston. Thank, Thank you. you, guys. How's my family? We're great. We're, we're excited for Thanksgiving. How Man, are you, I family? Miss, I miss you guys. I miss my family. How you doing, sweet tea? Hi. Yeah, what's up, Gary? Um, you know me, man. I'm doing a lot of prepping today for tomorrow, you know? Okay, good. Well, Gary, uh, Kathy has a special place at the table for you. Absolutely. Don't be late, okay? Oh, I'll, I'll, Pierre Standard Time. Yes, Pierre Standard Time, exactly. Uh, so, uh, anything else on your mind, man? Because we do have some things we need I, to get I know, to. I know, you, I know the Duke's coming in. Hey, I yeah. got a question to ask you. Does anybody like, does anyone there or any of our listeners make oyster stuffing? I do not, but I'm sure that there are people uh, there's a support listening. Group. Yeah, and there's a support group that you can <laughs> that you can join. It's in person. Why do you ask? Oh, it's the best. It's the best in the world. Once a year is the best, bro. Okay. <laughs> Put a lot of lead in your pencil for the next year. Oh, okay. ah, it's a uh, it's an erection joke. Is that yeah, yeah. The oysters are very. Uh, they're kind of uh, conducive right. to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be an aphrodisiac. Yeah. You are correct. Thanks for making it gross, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, 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 it's listen. It's really cool, man. Who Don't are you? Get, who are you feasting with tomorrow, Gary? Just the three of us. My girl's got to work, so I got to do all the prepping today and tonight. And then she's got to work at six o'clock tomorrow. She works at a grocery store, and they don't shut the grocery store on the mark till three o'clock. So by the time she gets home, it'll be four o'clock. But I'll have the bird done by then. So I'll, put right. the, I'll put the bird in the oven at like 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the morning. You said the three of us, so you and her and who's Her, her son. Oh, her son. Oh, okay, look at that. A real provincial American family. Thanksgiving. Yeah, wow. it's, it's, it's great to have a family, man, back mm. here, man. I mean, I miss you guys with all my heart. I, wait, wait, Press. Yeah. Are, are, are we on this year for our, for our, for our, for, for our fans? Uh, for the Christmas show? Yes, sir. Christmas miracle. Gary Lauer in and, attendance. And Park, yeah, Park Casino, me and Jackie Bam Bam. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. He's booking the show already. Yep. Yeah, hey, got... can you get us Will Smith? We, 
got to do that this year, man. He dropped a bad word. He's making us reconsider the Christmas miracle. Listen, we do have to wrap, Gary, because we are going to. Hey, Preston. Casey, Nick, Marissa, Murph, and my girl, Sweet Tea, Catherine Romano. Have a beautiful, Aww. beautiful, genuine Thanksgiving with your wonderful family. Thank, thank you, Thank you, Gary. Thank thank you, Gary. Have a great thank you, too. We'll see thank you later, thank man. You, thank you, right. Preston. Okay. Thank you. Gary Lauer, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. Okay. For Thanksgiving dinner too. Yeah, my mom you know would invite him. Gary's very cool because he 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 will make these lovely hand turkeys with the booking ink at the precinct. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right, hey, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We are excited. This is a wonderful group of people that we have here in the studio with us right now, and it is all to honor the man who just spoke up. 40 years at one radio station. It's incredible. Dare I say, it's unheard of. It's unheard of. And we are happy to have, first of all, the one and only man of the hour, Pierre Robert. Thank you. Now, we get Thank to you. we get to chit-chat every day with you, which is a treat, most days anyway. Um, and I know some days I make you a little crazy. Well, sometimes though. you're not even here, so that's what I was referring to. No, I love our crazy days. It's great. But uh, we wanted to bring in uh, some people that have, have uh, worked even closer with you over the years and uh, can share a little bit about your experiences, because we can obviously sit down and have you tell us some stories and, and talk about the 40 years and what that's all meant to you. But we thought it would be nice to kind of fill that out a little bit and bring some friends in. So we have Pierre's producers panel here this morning. So, <laughs> yeah, we're going to give up to uh, our good friend Pancake. Who's here this morning. How are you guys? Uh, producer Jason Fayon. Hello. Nick McElwain, of course. And Kevin Gunn. All producers of the Pierre Robert experience. Was um did you ha- are there any others that aren't here that were part of the producer collective? There were a few uh, ladies who kind of helped me out a little bit before, but oh, Michael the and Michael Anthony Mercy. Thompson. Okay. Michael Anthony okay. Thompson was kind of really the first one prior to me. Nick, prior to Jason and no, well Kevin was before Michael Kevin was an, on the morning show, sorry. Uh you, you did mornings? I'm sorry. <laughs> in a sense. Oh, let the barbs begin. Well, oh, no. I'm an open target. Just draw your arrow and fire. You got. We are the few, the proud, and the often stressed. They are the. They are the dirt carriers. They have enough dirt on me collectively to send me uh, up the river. Well, this seems like a like a this is your life sort of vibe is what we're yes. looking for. And then, so to to learn about you through memories of others that will mm-hmm. spark and. Honestly, you you are surgically attached to your producer throughout the show, uh, and uh, there's there's a lot that goes on. So we thought they might have some interesting insights. So I would say this: that, that Michael Anthony Thompson probably created the position uh, right. what it is now. And so Michael did it for about three years, and he was a great producer. And, and when uh, Michael did it, it was producer slash assistant. And then so Michael did it for about three years, and then I took over in 2001, uh, and I did it for about three years as well. And Michael really helped evolve it into a full time job. And then Jason took over after me, and then Pancake took over. after after Jason and Jason, uh, to your uh, immense credit, really made it the full time job that it is now. And so you you took on a much more of a producer role than I had. Um, you really developed it into uh, multimedia and website yep. and uh, social media and all that kind of stuff. And then when you got tired of it and had to leave before you got went insane, <laughs> I love it. Uh, when you got tired of it, <laughs> oh. uh, and then that's when that's when Pancake took over. Right before all of them was Kevin. 
Yes. When I did the morning show. Right. The legendary morning show. 1993 and 96. Yeah. Well, we thought it would be nice to bring everybody together and maybe share some stories because we could ask you all about your career. But I think it's more fun when other people say, well, yeah, but I remember this. Uh And and that's going to spark some things. But before we head down that path, let's go all the way back to the very beginning and a piece of audio when Pierre was simply trying to get a job here at WMMR. You have what's called a an air check that you send out to radio stations to show them what you can do. And none of us have heard this except for Kevin Gunn, I think. And where did you unearth this little jewel? Well, it was just laying around. Um, and I, I came across it a couple years ago and decided that I would um, set it aside for such an occasion. Uh, everybody has one of these in their past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, we're not singling out Pierre by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> However, he did start out in San Francisco at KSAN and sent us a, a tape... Uh, um, that contained some very interesting bits and a, and a very uh, evolving air talent uh, uh, that Pierre is. Okay. Well, I'm dying to hear that this. So, uh, we, have, <laughs> we have two clips, all right? And this is from KSAN, so here all we right. go. Let's check this out. KSAN. Radio, radio on KSAN, a classic from Elvis Costello, wrapping up a whole set of radio songs there. And it seems like everybody is writing songs about the radio these days, trying to get their, you know, particular one on the air. We started with a special KSAN live recording of the beat that was done at the old Waldorf a while back called Hey DJ. We also heard from Rush from their new album, The Spirit of Radio, Turn Up the Radio from the Rockets, Joe Jackson on your radio, and of course Elvis Costello with a classic radio, radio, and don't touch your dial, folks. We'll be back in a flash. Don't touch your dial, folks. That's not bad. No, but here's a pretty good. It sounds a little pitched up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was Radio Radio, and it sounds as good to you in San Francisco. I've got to tell you something. Have a great time. And boy, oh boy, I love that progressive rock. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh my God! It is pitched up, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I no, think, I think he had a higher voice. Yeah, right, yeah. If, you, well, if think, you listen to the Nighthawk uh, stuff when you did overnights, you had a higher uh, registered voice, I, and we do too. If you listen oh, of course. to our checks, yeah. Us. yeah. Um, but <laughs> one of the things I noticed in there is you almost had just the slightest tinge of almost like a southern type of uh, tilt to your voice. You dropped your G's. You were saying uh, writing instead of writing. Yeah. You're, you're very articulate now in the way you speak uh, and enunciate. Darn titting. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like you were a little you were a little, uh, a little more raw back then. But well, you also had that classic FM DJ delivery, which was back in the day. How they started. KSAN was one of the first FM rock stations in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning... There was water and ice, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the Lord spaketh. And the, and but there were there, this company Metro Media, which MMR was originally created under, had six stations in six cities. I think so. They had uh, MMR here. They had NEWFM in New York. They had WMMS in Cleveland. Yeah. WNEW in Chicago. Wow. KMET. They would try to work oh. MET or MM. That's where the MM comes from, Metro Media. I know all those stations. What, a, what a cluster. Was a huge yeah. uh, station in, uh, in L.A. And KSAN uh, was founded by a DJ that started in Philadelphia, Tom Donahue, 
who went to Metro Media and said, you have a little classical station here. It's not doing anything. This rock and roll thing is happening. Trust me. And they did, and that's where I started. And then, unfortunately, it turned country and western because <laughs> they didn't uh, they didn't tend to it well. But and wow. then you were Will Robertson, right? And I changed my name to Will Robertson from Lost in Space. Yes. yes. Well, Will Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. My last name is Robert. My first name is William. Okay. But none of the kids in my family ever went by their first name. My middle name is Pierre, and I've always gone by that. And wow. uh, how long did you last at the country station? Here's the ladies from Urban Cowboy. <laughs> Boy, I wish I was at Gilly's place right now on that mechanical bull. Looking for love. And if you're looking for love in all the wrong places, well, then you've shown up at the right place. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so awful when they did that. I mean, it was it was just, it was a huge mistake and a terrible thing they did. Uh. But, um... Yeah, uh, Urban Cowboy destroyed a lot of uh, a lot of people. Thought, oh, here all we the go. suits. Here's that's the way yeah, to yeah, go. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, let's see. So Pierre does a, uh, a thing called the weekend calendar here on MMR. Uh, let's see what was going on at the Ksan calendar. Yeah. Let's check this oh. out. Oh dear. Hey man, it's almost Valentine's Day. I got nothing for Susie. She still ain't talking to me. What am I gonna do? Don't get a fever, bro. Come on over to the pad. I'll set you up with some great stuff. Yeah, I don't want no stuff. She goes to sleep. Doesn't mean no good at all. I want all right. something nice. Think- Hang on. So this is a commercial. I this have is- no idea. Okay. It's yep. gotta be. Right. Yeah, it's a commercial you. for their uh, the station calendar. Their calendar. All right, here we go. Nice oh, man. Oh, think, wow. think nice. Oh, think nice. How about a Ksan Jive ninety five calendar? Nice. I said think nice, not dull. Think nice. nice that is nice, man. What's it's- nice about a calendar. Colors are fantastic. Oh, you've been seeing colors on white walls since 67. I don't want to know. I mean, hey, listen, bro. Would you trust me? Have I ever turned you on to a bad trip yet? Well, I gotta tell you, that time at the border when you said you didn't know me was a little weird, but all right. I mean, well, how do I get one of these things? It's easy, man. Just ask the disc jockey. Hey, you, how do I get one of these? Who, me? Oh, it's easy, man. All you gotta do is come on down to the station and bring five dollars with you. Actually, they're on sale. They were six, so it's a pretty good deal. <laughs> or if you're not up for that, just send us a money order for five bucks to KSAN Calendar, 345 Sansom Street in San Francisco, 94104. No checks or cash, please, because it just works out easier that way. Better to deal with all in all. All right, and there it is. Wow. Cheech Robert, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah. This was yeah. a Cheech and Chong. Thing. And this was your best work. This I was sent to get a job. have no memory of that. <laughs> no, none? None. Did you, did you do, a, did you do a, your, your sort of calendar thing as you were no. on, on air? That was, no. not, that, that was not coming to being at that point. No. I was only on on the weekends. Okay. I, um, I worked in the office during the week. I got the gig. I, I was a, uh, an intern. The intern's program kept, uh, they canceled. I kept coming, and then they eventually hired me. Uh, I made three fifty an hour, and then I was going to move to some small station like you do in radio, and then um, they gave me a raise to four fifty an hour. God. This is living. <laughs> I am not leaving. And um, then I just w- I did the mail. I answered the phones. I filed the records. I worked for the sales department. I painted. And um, everything. Then yeah, one the old night- days at some places when you'd hang around long enough, they'd eventually offer you <laughs> right. a job. Well, the, 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 going to our, our 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 advice that we've given for many years is internships and, oh, and, yeah. and get in there. Whatever you need to do, claw and and and, and work for free if you have to, or do, you know the odd jobs, and let them see your business and your 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 job acumen. And and sometimes it works out that you got a forty year career out of it. Well, then w- I was in San Francisco with a friend of mine. It's about three in the morning, and we're um, sitting around his table having a beverage. And uh, the DJ, whose name was Lobster, <laughs> came on and said, "The overnight guy hasn't shown up." And I called him on the hotline, and I said, "What happened?" Just curious. And he goes, "What are you doing?" 
I go, hanging out. Oh, dear. Oh, no. oh my, oh my God. It's, you know, the that? best way to celebrate 40 years of Pierre is with a coffee spill. Oh, no. and, it's uh, all right. Just a small spill. Oh, and um, <laughs> we need nothing. I mean, so is the Val oh, Do we need my. napkins? There we yes. go. Just, just a small napkin. It, it okay. wouldn't be a celebration without... Well, something here, here. this is why my sippy cups always come prepared now. There we go. Okay. So, um, anyway, the, he said, nobody is here. And I, he said, what are you doing? And I said, nothing. And he said, well, come on over. You're going on. And that was my first show. All right. And so, going back to the, the beginnings here, and he you, you, get, you get to, uh, <laughs> it's all good now. Uh, <laughs> you get to uh, MMR and and does your your first initial experiences you know here. well i also wasn't hired full time here i was hired to work in the music library so uh and then i went back to 350 an hour um <laughs> and uh that was fun um and uh can i i just want to um if i recall you started recording the concert line so there were people who could call the t- the station and uh, the, right. the MMR concert line oh. and pierre would read off on the phone, like a message coming to the Ripley, coming to 23 East and all those things. And I thought it was a really smart way of getting your voice out there. Uh, even though it wasn't on the air uh, in daylight hours, you, you would record the concert line religiously and update it and update it. And I think that was the seed from which the planner grew. But it also got your voice out there in a way that was different from just sitting behind a microphone. So right. I thought that was really smart. Right. Nice. We have one of those somewhere. Well, I want to. I want to get into. We, we have the producers' panel yes, here. We sorry. want to hear stories and, and Gunner. See, and we've Nick. already lost so much time in that early phase. And pancake. <laughs> and I just wanted to get some of. Uh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Kevin, I said we've. And Kevin said, "What are the odds we've lost time with you?" <laughs> um, but maybe some favorite stories or, yes. or standout stories or something like that. Jason, is it, when when you think back of your time and how how many years were you a uh, Pierre's producer? Nine years. Nine years. You poor oh, bastard, man. <laughs> Do you have a couple of highlights you, that uh, that are worth bringing up? I mean, we're talking about a 40-year career, and you yeah. were there from basically a quarter. Yeah. Right? Well, I, one of my favorite things was uh, going through all of Pierre's tapes because he he never labeled any. Very few of his tapes were labeled. <laughs> so he had all these reel-to-reels. That's and, so odd. Uh, it, lots of stuff. So I actually heard some of his early air work and try, digitally remastered stuff. We baked tapes to get the reels to, to work, and... We found some really fun stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, I discovered the reel that had uh, Pierre's mom on it doing IDs, which ah. I heard you play the other day. Right. And, and I think at the time you were moved by it. You hadn't heard her voice in right. a long time. And so that was really fun. And and, and the same thing with your, your dad's reel. I think listeners are more familiar with your dad's ID, the, but he's a DJ. Yeah, well, he's a DJ. <laughs> there are all these outtakes. From that, and and then we, I found this reel and started playing. I'm like, oh man, this is all of Pierre's dad stuff. And so, I don't think you play the outtakes as much as the the main one because it is the best of them all. But it's just it was fun to discover this uh, this reel that had your dad's voice, your, your parents' voice on it um, years after they passed. So that was really fun for me to to do all that. And that was a, a big bulk of the time I was there. What you were doing? No kidding. So over, updating over, all this audio. You were the yeah, first so to archive. Correct. Yeah, you would archive, the, the take it from tape and, and yeah. uh, digitally or put it on disc or something like that, right? When, yeah. When did you, when did the the, um, the concierge service kick in where you were, <laughs> where, where, well, you, where you became, uh, personal you became Alfred? Well, I did do a lot of that. I, 
Is, instead of uh, opening a brewery, I did think maybe I should start a travel agency. I got so good at booking flights to the West All right. Coast. Uh, I'll ask you this question and you this question, Pancake. How long into the job had you uh, did it take before you memorized Pierre's credit card number? For- <laughs> oh, man. I... I never did that. Really? I, don't have, I don't have that kind of memory. But I had to for booking flights. That'd be good because you know, then I could use it now to buy <laughs> yeah. my own flights. Yeah. Oh, but he I checks remember, his records so closely. <laughs> I, I was know. reading some spy novel in Las Vegas, and there was this long line in be- on a red eye, and I had to be on the air the next morning, and I'm just reading, and da, 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 da. And all of a sudden, they go, that flight's now been changed. And I go, oh, dear. <laughs> and I called you at, like, whatever time it was, three hours yeah. later here, and you somehow found me another flight. That, uh, that that's hour. come in handy, too, because, like, it's... I learned through you how to find creatively find <laughs> flights because, of course, it'd all be last minute. It'd be like, sure. I got to fly to uh, San Francisco tomorrow, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Thanks right. for the the lead, but yeah, it's that's a good skill to have. So Kevin predates uh, Jason. Did this uh, part part of the job description exist when you were producing? No, we no. operated on a much more fundamental level. Okay, like, you know, um, like radio. Yeah, and <laughs> time timeliness and things. Right, uh, we. Still- <laughs> Hitting traffic before the window closed, little things like that. Uh, um, no, uh, I got. We we were in the morning. We we. Uh, there's some background about you doing mornings that I think bears repeating. How did that happen? How did that? How did that selection? Uh, and I assume it, um, Pierre's uh, work arrival times were not an issue because certainly <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't stick someone in that slot were you acutely aware no it would, it would be it would be a stretch to think that somebody who went to bed at 2 a.m every day would right. be bright and bushy ready for a morning sure. show at six seven. Yeah. but uh, i think it's i think it's really important to point out in the station's history that pierre came after a show that we called sports rock right and sports rock featured john DeBella and howard eskin and conceptually it was the idea that guys who like sports also like music right. so we got two very well-seasoned disc jockeys to talk to each other or presenters to talk to each other but the show failed chemistry and went down like the hindenburg in about <laughs> six months i'm serious october of 92 to march of 93 yeah, yeah. so we were we were floundering the little the little station had lost its way oh man and so the idea was that we needed to get back to basics and get back to roots and music so one person who really knows a lot about sports yes yeah yeah we figured we, we turned it to the sports thing ultimately uh but no really a great personal sacrifice pierre came in and righted the ship and all of our bits were music centric and all that so um i know we kid him a lot about being on time and everything in the morning show but he really really put his life on hold to help save the station and i think that awesome. that bears that bears being can, said publicly. Can I ask you what they did to get you to agree to do mornings? <laughs> Was it just money or did they, I mean, because, dude. Toaster oven. There's no it? way. <laughs> you would have just gladly agreed to do mornings. Uh, well, money did play a part in it. It had to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, it, you know, I wanted to work with this guy. Uh, Buzz, and they didn't quite understand Buzz, and he was the most unique character. And um, they said no, and I said, then I'm not going to do it. And um, I also wanted to have Kevin, and I said, well, no, why don't you... Kevin had produced uh, part of John's show as the Morning Zoo, and uh, also Sports Rock. And they said, well, you know, why don't you start with a new producer? I said, no, no, Kevin, no, Pierre. 
And so, um, and they were kind of over a barrel, and I knew it. So I, I had a little power, and I, yeah. I exerted it. That's the only way they got me to do mornings. They, they pitched <laughs> me to like twice. I'm like, no, I will never, ever, ever do mornings. I hate mornings. They said, well, double your salary. I said, I'll do it. <laughs> And so, it, it, you know, it, it pulls weight. Um, with uh, with mornings, Kevin, any, anything that uh, I'm sure you have tons of standout stories. I know we've talked about Duke in the Box, which is just classic. Yeah. You um, should tell it again, though. Duke yeah, it's box. such a great story. Well, uh, because the show started arbitrarily every day. I mean, the show started at 6, but Pierre's participation varied. <laughs> it was free form. The first week I was good. I, I, first week you were good. How many times were you driving into work listening to a best of bit? <laughs> It wasn't the best of. <laughs> Kevin came up with this idea because all I had to do at 10 after 6 was introduce Earl Bailey in the newsroom right. and say, good morning, that was whatever <laughs> song it was. And it's 10 after 6, and here's Earl with the news. Hi, everybody. It's 6.10. Here's Earl with the news. <laughs> well, it, I'd like to think it was a little crisper than that, but it really was. <laughs> and um, and so, and occasionally, I, you know, um, I'd get a call, and it would be 6.30 in the morning. i go, oh, dear. And I'd still be on the couch or something and so I'd be running down the Schuylkill and all these horrible scenarios and so Kevin said here's what we're going to do we're just going to record a series of generic openings yeah so um, hi everybody it's Pierre good morning and uh, here's Earl with the news and we did like three or four of those we did ten of them okay uh, we did ten of them we were not we, were nothing we did ten of those mother efforts right, so, and, and so there was another one that tossed it to traffic and then yet another one that welcomed them back at a break and tossed it to music so there was a series of these things and since we lovingly called him the Duke of Dawn, which he was sadly not. Um, and but he, he still calls me Duke to this yeah, day. Yeah. There was, there was this, these, if you've ever seen uh, an 8-track, that's what these little yeah. carts look like. They're yeah. cartridges. And so it looks like a little box. So hence it was Duke in a box. Duke in a box. I love it. So that's how we got around that. And, and he got an extra half hour, 45 minutes rest every morning. And then joined <laughs> the proceedings at about 6.50. <laughs> Did he get into a groove eventually? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And like I said, it was all, it was very music centric. We needed we needed to tell the audience that we you know had found our way back to music. Yes. yes. Yeah. So that's an we important thing. We had a lot thing. of funny bits that were uh, yeah. that were music centric. Like name that noodle came from that yeah. with the guitar thing. Mm-hmm. We also did a bit with Buzz Barkley that I love. Buzz played the organ for Baru Review, but also at the Spectrum for Flyers games. So we had this thing. We brought an organ into the the studio and we did a thing called Roller Rink Rock. And so we would get. You ever see like a marching band play like a really hip song, but yeah. it still sounds like a march? Well, the same thing happens on the organ. I love it. So we would get Buzz to play like uh, uh, Pickett, Stairway to Heaven, or something. Yeah. But it would be this, oompa, 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 you know, on on yeah. organ, and it would be a riot. And we used to use it as a contest to see who could name it, and they'd win prizes. So everything we did was music centric. So he hit a stride because we were dealing in his strength. That's yeah, fun. You know? I love that. Did he ever, because, you know, so we're mainly talk. I mean, we'll, we'll talk for 45 minutes and then and then take a quick commercial break and come back and go at it again. So you guys you guys were playing music in, in yes. the morning. Would he ever take a nap when uh, when no. long songs are played? Okay. No, 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 he wouldn't take a nap. He wouldn't take a nap? No, once, okay. once, he, once he got up and rolling, he was phenomenal, you yeah. know, and he yeah. was everything that the listeners hoped and everything they've come to know about him over the years. It was just a little slow at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, but... Tell them the strangling story and the picture of Ryan. Well, there, there are there are um, certain things in, in morning radio that you've got to hit on time 
or else uh, you miss them. And it's not so much that people, you know, don't know that the trap, no offense, Kath, but the, the Schuylkill's pretty messed up. Everybody knows that. But it's the advertisement that goes with it, the sponsor that the people who wear the ties are most interested in. Mm-hmm. So we had to hit the traffic at a certain time, like 752, yeah. say, or 652. And, and and if Pierre had, like, wandered the, down a left turn, and I know that my window for having the traffic reporter is closing rapidly. Right. Like, uh, um, then I would have to hurry him up, and I would use certain visual clues after, um, you know, sweat and, <laughs> and blood pressure didn't do it. One time I wrapped my uh, <laughs> my microphone, my uh, headphone cord around my neck and pulled it like I had hung myself just to try and get his attention. <laughs> like, so, uh, um, another time I wrote a card out that said, if not for me, then at least for him, with an arrow pointing to a picture of my son. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was rambling on, and uh. he's trying to get me to go to the traffic and I go well but there's this thing there's a puppy out there yeah. <laughs> and, if, and if you don't get the the sponsorships on in time you get in trouble because the station doesn't get paid for that and yeah, it's, it's a trickle down thing yeah. with, a, with a talent like Pierre's that would be a producer's job is to make sure that happens yes. so he can concentrate on just being Pierre mm-hmm. my favorite story is when we were on Fox News though live with our old buddy oh, Grover God. Silcox Speaking of uh, and so this the studio down at Fit the Market had two doors a front and a back door Grover comes in the back door with a camera live on Good Day Philadelphia and we're all lined up and Pierre extends his arms in a big Pierre welcome and goes welcome and knocks 16 ounces of coffee into the board. Oh my God! Now, oh now God. we're on. We had we're on live TV to prepare for this. We had taken. This shows you that. Well, this was somewhere between ninety three and ninety six. But we put on a twenty minute Bonnie Raitt archive piece in <laughs> Morning Drive. Right, Bonnie wow. Raitt from um, Sigma Sound Studio was playing, so we'd have time to to uh, Grover was doing a thing on morning radio and so he's going to different morning shows so we could uh, greet him live and show him around and as I'm reaching to greet him, just like I spilled the coffee a minute ago, I knocked my cup of coffee over, <laughs> and, it, and it went sailing into the board. <laughs> and so my immediate challenge is, do I break the, a live TV shot, or do I panic and say, sorry, Grover, I've got to get napkins? Oh, no. And so I just said, F it. And I go, Grover, how are you? And and then we're ch- chatting, and I'm showing this is Earl here, and this is Kevin, and uh, this is our morning. And I'm, I'm hearing this. Oh, no. And Bonnie Raitt is singing. Oh, oh, man. And Earl then had gone to the other room, to the newsroom. And he had just taken a bite, swear to God, his wife had made him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but heavy on the peanut butter. (laughs) And no sooner does he hear that we have gone off the air than he presses the button in the newsroom to go on here. He has a mouthful of peanut butter. It was a perfect day. (laughs) But all that's changed. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure every one of you has a spilled a spill story, correct? Right? Oh yeah. Uh, um, all the dirt uh, that's fit uh, the print. The, it, it's <laughs> so so far with me. It has uh, always been on keyboards, uh, not on the actual board. But not we've lost we've lost a, a couple of keyboards. Um, to some coffees. Okay. Gave their life the, for rock. Listen. Uh, uh, <laughs> We we have more keyboards. We, we're fine. We right. One okay. of the greatest things yes. is to be sitting here as the show is going on, and you hear Pierre. And we've talked about this countless times, which is the uh, you know, and, and uh, as you're out there and, uh, and breathing, and the, remember the warmth of the sunshine. 
God damn it! You guys remember this when, when I was producing a show. At Jack Frost, we, Pierre was running late because he had he had forgotten oh. to take the gas thing out of the. Oh. He's getting gas. He oh. the, yes. So he drives away with it. <laughs> the behind, so he he called or texted me. He's like, "Don't tell Preston and Steve, but this happened. I'm gonna be late." So of course, the first thing I did was <laughs> tell you guys about it, which then you mercifully, you know, got him oh. on the air for. But oh that was God. that was a funny moment. Uh, Nick, do you have any highlights you want to point out while we're talking yeah. about Pierre's 40 years at WMMR? I'd like to um, reiterate what Kevin was saying about the consistency of it because there, when I worked for Pierre, uh, there wasn't really that strong of a morning show and then there was a stretch where there wasn't really a morning show at all and, and that we were sort of in between and trying to figure out and it was before President Steve obviously came to MMR uh, and I listened to you guys at Y100 even though I worked here. And um, and so there was Pierre was really like the cornerstone, the rock of the radio station at the time and so that was 2001 to 2004 and so to be able to work with you for, you know, it was really the beginning of my radio career. I, I learned a ton. Um, and we got to do some pretty cool things. We interviewed Robin Williams. We interviewed John Stewart. Uh, but I think one of my favorites was, was Bono. He came into Philly and he, um, was basically introducing the one campaign. He, he, he built that and, um, it was for debt relief in Africa and AIDS relief in Africa. And he launched that campaign, campaign here in Philly. And uh, it was we went down to interview him, and we were the only radio station to go. And there were several TV stations and a lot of print, and they all got a ton more time. Is that your phone, Pierre? That, no, that's <laughs> Bill Weston, program director of WNMR, uh, <laughs> who didn't mute it when he came into the studio. I'm sorry. And this is like Major Bono. It's Bono. Yeah, you two. Yeah, 2003 yeah. is yeah. something like that. And Dikembe Mutombo was there, and and just you know all these really impressive um, people. But we waited. And we waited and we waited for Bono. And finally, we got to sit down. And it was just, it was a really cool conversation. And then we turned that conversation, which was maybe 15, 20 minutes long, into, I don't know, a two-hour-long special. But it was a really cool, this is what you can do with radio. This is what you can do with a, with a radio station. And Bono, uh, to his credit, didn't forget MMR. We were able to talk to him about his history with the radio station. And that was all because of, of my ability, you know, of, uh, of being able to work with you and, and your longevity during that whole time. But at the end of the interview, uh, you uh, you introduced me to Bono, and I think we have a little clip of that. Yep, I'll play that. Here we go. This is Nick, my producer. Well, I'm thank you, because, you know, I'm a fan. So you heard it there. Bono's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> you? Yeah. He says, Nick, thank you, I'm a fan. Wait, let's do it again. This is Nick, my producer. Well, I'm a fan. Thank you, because, you know, I'm a fan. Yeah, there's is, no is mistake. This your, is this your son? Is <laughs> <laughs> it take your son to work day? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that that was one of the best. Oh my god, <laughs> that's cool, man. Um, of those, uh, of those Bonos and of that ilk, uh, wh- what are some of the highlights of of the people that you've had a chance to meet face to face and sit down and talk to while <sighs> working here at MMR? There's a lot, I'm I mean, sure. Decades. It's well, amazing. Yeah, God. Well, you think of the ones you haven't gotten, um, but um, Bono is certainly up there. I mean, to me, Graham Nash is still is still the best of of all of them. He's not um, considered as famous, but I mean, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young were somewhat uh, equivalent at various times when they could keep it together to the American version of of the Beatles. Yeah, uh, fiery, to, you know, relationships that they had with each other, but they uh, made some incredible music, and it always spoke to me, like Fish speaks to Casey, or uh, you know, um, Pearl Jam speaks to Nick. And um, so getting to know him and them, 
uh, and having all of them on at various times uh, was pretty incredible. Nice. I when I when, when I first came to this city uh, to work, it was all new to me. I didn't know anything in the area, um, and I was told about you uh, and how you were like the voice of the city. Yeah, uh, as far as radio goes. And I'll never forget because after a year of working uh, with our uh, with our program director at the, at the time, Jim McGuinn, he would do this kind of yearly check in with you and yeah. see where you are. And he would always ask me, he's like, "Well, what's your goal? What do you want to <laughs> what, what do you want to do with this radio thing?" And I said, "I want to be like Pierre Robert." Uh, I said, "I want to be I want to be a name that's synonymous with the town. I want to be somebody that that people tune into and listen to and <laughs> uh, and and trust and and uh, have a relationship with this town. You know what I'm and and so." And I told him that, you know, a few years in a row. And what I wanted to ask you was, since you were a transplant as well, is when did that start to... Now, even though you may, may never admit that you're, you know, the voice of, of the radio here in the city in Philadelphia, but when did Philly become home to you? Do you remember how far into working here at MMR that all of a sudden it felt like, okay, this is... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm connected to this town. I think it was, you know, we, we've been blessed here to have these two huge morning shows, uh, John in the 80s and into the 90s, and you guys uh, from the 2000s on. And um, it was, I started, you know, I started just working in the music library, and then I was on the air here on the weekends within a week or two. Um, and then after about seven or eight months of making $3.50 an hour, I was near poverty. My first paycheck was $77 for like three weeks of work. And I go, this is going to be rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was, but um, it all worked out. But uh, then I got the overnight show, did that for a year and a half or so. And that's why overnights are so important because they teach people how to be on the radio. Oh, for sure. Uh, and so many stations have eliminated the overnight show and go to tape or whatever. And it's so wrong because there's a whole network of people that keep people up uh, and help, you know, that are making the world run when people sleep, first yep. of all. And secondly of all, for young uh, talent, it gives them the ability to learn how to be on the radio. Right. And then the guy who did the midday show left, uh, Steve Sutton, to go to YSP. And, um, um, you know, and I was too afraid to even ask for it. But I was doing Saturday days in addition to overnights. Could I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> 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 oh, oh my God! And it, uh, Charlie Kendall and Joe Bonadonna had hired me, and then this guy George Harris was the program director. And uh, I said, "Well, can I fill in till you find someone for the midday?" And he goes, "Yeah, that's a good idea. Good move." And, and I was scared to even do that. And then I did it for a month or two months or three months, and finally. Um, Joe Bonadonna came in and said, you know, they're thinking of you now for this midday show. And I think it was about the time I finally realized, I think I want that. Because I was almost wanting to stay on the overnights because it was just quieter and wow. and a little less high profile. And then they gave it to me. And then between John in the morning and me and Joe Bonadonna in the afternoon, Bubba John Stevens, Michael Tierson, Lynn Kratz, that um, classic lineup... Uh, was on the air how many years, would you say? About eight. Yeah. Uh, th- th- consistently eight. 
And it was gigantic. I mean, we were beating KYW on a regular basis. It was th- this roller coaster ride that was, and it was somewhere in that process. That so I when felt. you hit that lineup, yeah. that's where well, you it felt to it. settle in. Yeah. And that's what's great is you grew well, into that position. I mean, you didn't, you weren't a jock. They brought in and said, here's your new midday guy, right. you know, and, and let's, uh, you know, you grew into it. You took baby steps and, and grew with this radio station. We have to take a break, okay. by the way. I'm sorry. And we're going to come back with more. No, but Casey did a producer thing and nudged my elbow, so. <laughs> uh, see, they'll do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Or he could wrap the cord around his neck and hang himself. Um, but, but we're gonna we're gonna talk some more. So let let me take this break because we got to fit these spots in for Kevin's son. <laughs> and and we'll come back with more of the forty years of the Pierre Robert experience on MMR, which is this week in the anniversary of. So hang hang on to that story. We'll come back in just a second. All right. Preston and Steve. On 93.3 WMMR. Hero Bear has been here for 40 years uh, as of this weekend because we're not really sure exactly the first date that your airship right. started. But uh, this is kind of traditionally the the weekend that uh, uh, that the celebration is, is celebrated, for lack of a better word. Um, and, man, I was going to ask you something. Oh, I know what we're going to do real quick. We need to... Um, uh, we're going to skip the bizarre foul because we're talking. Right. We're talking to Pierre. Sorry uh, and about friends. that, bizarre fans. <laughs> uh, but it's brought to you. It would have been brought to you by Iron Hill Brewery, our fine sponsor. Top selling IPAs and seasonal beers are now available everywhere that craft beer is sold locally. You can visit IronHillBrewery.com and click Beer Finder to find a retailer near you. If you're just joining us, it's Pierre. Forty years at MMR, and we brought in. Uh, his producers throughout the years, of course, Nick McElwain and Kevin Gunn, Jason Fan, and Pancake. And what I realized is this is like all of the ex-wives getting together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of some person that for one reason or another just you couldn't make the relationship last. Well, it's like that and Bachelor recap, stories, right? right? Yeah. That episode where they bring back all the all the potential <laughs> women. Yeah. I've driven them all away over the years. <laughs> It's not easy. I don't. I don't wish it on anyone. Jason, I think, stayed the longest. God bless you, lad. Oh, I think Pancake's pretty close to. Uh, I am eight years now. Pancake wow, was was wow. an intern wow. on our show, right? And we were we were definitely pulling for you to to get this uh, position when it became available. You were checking out a few people. Tell tell what what was it about Pancake Pierre that. Uh, that uh, worked for you. His sports knowledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Took me over the top. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I mean, but his drive, you know, yeah. what he did for you guys, you know, just the the ability to go above and beyond. He has that thing that Marissa has. Right. Like he will he will bring it to you when you before didn't you even, know yeah. when you didn't even know right. you knew. It's like yeah. radar from Mash. You know, right. you yeah. didn't know you needed this, and and all of a sudden you got it. And right. That's what we saw him in him anyway, yeah. you know? No, it's definitely that. Um, but he's just, he's become an incredible uh, editor and producer. Much like Jason, you know, uncovered all those tapes. Jason found all the um, all the vintage IDs, too, and, and oh, yeah. remastered those. So, you know, some of those legendary st- things from the 70s. Um, but Pancake has also become this incredible producer and editor. And, I mean, he can really uh, make things incredibly Sound I was sound incredibly well. So stunned to hear that you did not have a meticulous archiving system that you were employing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, what's really tough? I've got is that, boxes of tapes. Yeah, and Jason had done uh, a ton of work, and we uh, everything was put onto CDs that uh, the the company bought for us, and and they didn't necessarily buy the uh, the nicer, more expensive <laughs> CDs. So a lot of those CDs started to go bad. So we we uh, we. 
put them all on a nice uh, hard drive on a computer. I heard that and, process. And then, and then they came in and uh, and they 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 changed our computers out without telling us, and um, <laughs> and we lost a, uh, a, a plenty oh, of that no. stuff. Yeah, we we, we actually lost a, a good amount of that that stuff. Uh, th- there's still some that's, that uh, we were were that we did find back, but there was a lot of that stuff. Oh. The CDs just went bad. Yeah. yeah, we have some archive stuff. I'm, I'm going to play some now, but I also want to remind people if you want to check it out, we're streaming on YouTube, and, yeah. and maybe you can see. Some of these guys you haven't seen before, like Kevin Gunn or Pancake or, or Jason, um, uh, because they've always been on the radio. That's right, yes. Uh, but they're here in our studio, and yeah. you can watch our YouTube channel. We're streaming now. So here's a clip that we're going to play, and this is a crossover, meaning when shifts are changing here, uh, usually uh, the two DJs will, will talk, uh, and John DeBella... And you would try to to do a crossover when you would come in after the show, right? Right. And much like uh, you guys and and I do one every day, uh, John and I did one every day. And at the time, you'll also hear a gentleman in the background, Grover Silcox, yeah. who is a very funny comedian, would appear on all the local comedy clubs and uh, and is still a, a fixture in the Philadelphia area. Uh, lob in a great comment from the side as we were discussing cows. All right, here we go. Billy Braunschweiger, you know what I mean? Hey, 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 yeah, hey, CPS, hey. yeah, CPS, I, yeah. I don't think Pierre saw this picture yet. I don't, I don't know, Pierre. Pierre, Pierre you see the picture of the cow? You see the picture of the cow? Huh? You'll be joining Save the Cows. Yeah, yeah. Wait a second. I definitely enjoyed the call. Yeah, wait a That man was very nice. I thought he was very nice, too. He was an amazing guy, amazing guy. You know what I mean? I thought he was a very pleasant man. I, I love cows. I know you do. I know, I know. I, know, I don't eat them either. I know, I know. You love cows. You I don't love eat them. Cows, I don't eat them. But you do something even dumber than eating cows. What's that? You talk to them while driving past in, in cars. Do, well, no, not only that. I will. I have been known to stop a car and go over to a cow field and and they'll stop what they're doing and say, "Are we on the right side of the fence?" <laughs> no. They look up. They look at you with this big expression, like, "What an ass." Oh, wow. Wow. Yes, yeah. it hasn't changed that much. Well, no, I mean, you know, yeah. and, and I, I occasionally, this may be hard to believe, but getting, John was very rigid. He would go into this song called The Bright Side of Life from Monty Python. Yes. And at the end of that, there'd be a couple of shout outs we'd do. And uh, then he'd go, and he'd say this little closing line, and then he'd say, and hey there, Willie. And he called me Willie, because on the logs you sign your full name. So he would see William, so he started calling me Willie. Willie. And um, this one time, I lived at the art museum area, 22nd and Greenish, and I'm, and I'm, and I got a little late start, and I'm jamming down 21st street and and then i kept hitting yellow lights and then i i would go past walnut to locust i'd make a left on locust go up to 20th street and make a left and go up and there was a parking lot there and on open lot and that's where i was parking i made the left on locust and i go down and all of a sudden they're doing road work and all of a sudden i can't back up and cars are behind me and there's and i'm and i just gotten all these memos from the suits going you have got to stop missing the crossover and john unlike you guys was would just very kind pierre's up next which is all you had to do but no he would have to say oh Guess who's not here? <laughs> oh, Pierre's not here. Oh, he's late. And I'd be running down Walnut Street and UPS drivers going, DeBella said you're late. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think I don't know that? 
because I don't like my lateness. It's 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 a birth defect, and um, and I so I'm going. Oh no, not not after the last memo, which came from the general manager, and I go. Oh oh oh, and with that, my mother had died, and she left me her 1974 Coupe de Ville. Cadillac, which I was driving uh, and parking on the street until I ran it into the ground. But then I said, I can't do this. And I put it in uh, drive and I pulled it halfway up on the sidewalk and halfway off of the sidewalk. And it's a big car. I put on the flashers and I locked it and I started running. The construction guy goes, what the hell are you doing? I said, I'll send someone for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I sprinted down Locust Street through Rittenhouse Square, across Walnut Street, into the Wellington building, hit the button, up to the third floor, sprinted down the hallway right when he says, hey, Willie. And I go, ah, hello. <laughs> and I made it. Man. And who did you send to go get the car? Or did you go end up having to go An intern, that? probably. I don't or, know. or a producer. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have producers. Wow. No. Oh, man. That's a hell of a story. Uh, we have a, uh, a clip of uh, when you got to throw out the first pitch at uh, the Phillies game, I believe. Is that what this is? That's what this is. Jason okay. was very instructive uh, in helping me learn how to pitch. It was a clinic that you were. We were watching the progress. Yes. He yeah. says, you throw like a girl. <laughs> well, you, you got re- pretty good, actually. You really did. And then the, the it culminated in this clip and what happened, which was amazing. Well, because everyone tries to throw the thing hard, right? And then it hits the uh, dirt runway, and so um, and Nick was there to support as well, and so uh, and the woman says, um, "Here, stand on the runway." I said, "If I'm going to fail, I'm going to stand on the elevated thing of dirt." Right? And she goes, "No, stand on the runway." I said, "No, I'm standing on the damn dirt. If I'm going to be booed, I'm going to be booed in the best, highest location." So I stood on the dirt, and I'm throwing to the fanatic. All right, here we go. All right, Dan Baker just announced Pierre. He's got his tie-dye lab coat on. Uh, The Fanatic just took his uh, big tie-dye top hat, gave him a blue Phillies hat. Here he is. Fluffing his hair. Fanatic's behind home plate. Yeah, he's shaking off one of the signs. No, he doesn't like that. <laughs> nope, nope. Shaking off another sign. All right, he's got it. Gives him the thumbs up. Here it comes. He's getting set. Here's the windup and the throw. Oh! That was a great pitch. I cannot believe it. He made it. He made it past the whole plate. He gives the Fanatic a big hug. Wow, that ball was... It was a little outside, a little high, but that was, I mean, for all intents and purposes, that was a strike. (laughs) (laughs) Pierre takes off the the tie-dye lab coat, holding the ball, gives a fanatic a high five as he walks off. What are the odds? <laughs> All right, he, he, he's with us right now. Pierre, what'd you think? I think I nailed it. I <laughs> think you nailed it. <laughs> you know what this means? Oh. You have one hell of a coach. I had a hell of a coach. Ring Brazier man over here. How'd I do? I got to tell you, I was extremely <laughs> impressed. In fact, I'm going on record. That was ten times better than Matt Cord's throw. <laughs> Nick McElwain. Nick, what do you think? Wholly impressed. Very surprised. Uh, you, you shook off a couple of signs by the Fanatic. You delivered a strike, Pierre. You didn't screw up, man. You nailed it. Congratulations. 
On behalf of the Academy, I'd like to accept this award for all the players who have tried, who have failed, who have not succeeded, including several presidents of the United States, which, my friends, is further evidence that I should be the next president. Oh, my God. No one's cheering. Oh, the fanatic just gave him a big kiss. What a day for a ball game. What a country. God bless America and our boys in blue. <laughs> and our boys in blue. You know, there are people wow. who are who are absolute hardcore baseball fans who botched that first pitch thing. Mm-hmm. You did really well. It was amazing. All right, let's ask about some of the origins since we heard yeah. boys in blue there. Okay, you've been saying that for ages. You've been here for 40 years. When do you think that started? Is that something you've always said? I have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> it just came along in a second. Well, All right. what you say about the police. The police are the boys. Yeah. Correct. So somewhere I morphed that into one color is easier than all these other colors. What about good citizens? Where where, and when did that come from? I was. It, we were having a tornado, and we were on Rittenhouse Square, and I would open the window regularly on the square. And the great thing about being downtown for a radio station is you really are part of the vibration of the city and the the heartbeat of the city and no better place in the city that we ever had. It was our best location uh, was Rittenhouse Square because you could open the window and the square would be filled with business people or students or old people or young people and you'd hear the sound of buses going by or sirens and people yell up requests. And so it, we had a tornado warning and it was ferocious winds and I opened the window and leaned out the air with a microphone and some guy in a suit is walking by and his ties being blown way back and his hair, and he's barely able to walk down Walnut Street towards 19th. And I go, I remember the thing from Batman. Remember when yes. they climbed the... Citizen. The, the, uh, climbed the building. The yes. building. Batman and Robin would... Somebody would, would open yeah. a window. You know, Jerry Lewis would open yeah. the window. It was always a cameo of some <laughs> yeah. famous person. Yeah. And Batman would go, good day, citizen, as you were. And so I leaned out and I go... Good day, citizen. How is it down there? You know, he didn't hear me, but um, that's where it, that's that's the first cool. So from Batman, never knew that yeah. origin story. Or maybe he did. Or maybe. <laughs> How about great day in the morning? You know, um, that do, when you were doing mornings, I don't know where I started using it, but it comes from a, it's a Kellogg. Bo- it's on the side of a Kellogg's cornflakes box. <laughs> great day in the morning. I think, or used to be when I was a kid. It's a yeah, from a slogan. A slogan it would on the just box. Say it on the box. Yeah. I think. Great day in the morning. Yeah. And have you been saying that for as long as you've been on the radio? Do I you don't know. know. You don't know. Okay. I don't know. All right. <laughs> so these things just they well, appear. Now, they just God bless the Grateful Dead is not mine. Right. That's from this legendary DJ at Kaysan. His name was Tom O'Harry. Has since passed away, but he would say it. And he's not with us anymore. And uh, had been out of radio for some time, even when I started. And I go. What a great way to introduce the Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Okay. Any other, uh, you guys have any phrases? Nothing original at all. It's, uh, <laughs> where did this come from, Pierre? What about... Pow, cow, cow, pow, cow, pow, pow, pow. Kaboomba! <laughs> the, uh, the workforce blocks existed before you took over middays, right? Yeah. Uh, several people had done them. This guy, John Bradley... You may recall him, Kev. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the Colorado kid, John yeah. Bradley, did middays. He, he was, was so, the first guy to do blocks. So laid back, he, like, fell over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was John Bradley who started the workforce blocks. And uh, then uh, a bunch of different people did them. We found the ad that said, uh, Connor found it, that said, Great Day in the Morning. You were correct. That was on Frosted Flakes. There you go. There you uh, go. At some point. Wow, so awesome. you just kind of ran with that, and it's become... 
I think. Where different. did their great come from? You invented Toyota Thon, isn't that? Yeah. Uh, we Where did put a tiger in your tank come from? <laughs> we have another piece of audio. It says Pierre's 30th locations montage. Oh, Jason uh. put this together. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, one of the things I'm proud of is how many different things uh, I've done live mm-hmm. from, you know, I've, I've, Ridden an elephant live. I've you know skied down the mountain. I've been on roller coasters. I've flown Pink Floyd's Blimp, uh, and and broadcast from a lot of different locations. So this is either the location or the in action montage. I'm not quite sure which, or maybe both. All right, here we go. Well, it's a beautiful day in Philadelphia in front of the Art Museum steps. We've arrived at this park along the banks of the Schuylkill River. We are at this moment floating down the Delaware River. At the corner of Market and 15th adjoining City Hall. We are up here near Temple University. We are now turning on to 676 westbound as we stroll down Lyceum Street. Right off of Main Street. On Maniac Street. On Peachin Street. Pierre's party patrol has arrived. Pierre's colossally cool Christmas caravan of love. Pierre's parking lot. Party Patrol, Pierre's Cooling Caravan, the light. You love alliteration, don't you? Yeah, you gotta love that. <laughs> We're down in the big joint tonight here at the Festival Pier, at the Tower Theater, at the Electric Factory, here at the TLA, at the Man, at the Spectrum, at the Leochorus Center, at the S Center, at the Tweeter Center, Pierre's Good Citizens Park. Huge fireworks are going off over Lincoln Park. We're standing on the vacated Live 8 stage. From the stage of Live 8, standing on the stage at Farm 8. That appears to conclude Live Earth. Woodstock 94 here in Saugerties, New York. Woodstock 1999. At the historic Amnesty International concert. Here at the Muse Show, the No Nukes concerts. Live coverage of the wall is happening here in Berlin tonight. Here in the heart of Manhattan. Here we are at the Ocean Drive in Sea Isle City. I now stand on the National Mall. We have arrived up in Toronto on the legendary Las Vegas Strip. Okay, we've begun our descent into Paris. We are rolling down the streets of Breckenridge, Colorado. Live from San Francisco for the home of rock and roll. Dude, that's that amazing. is one of the coolest montages I've ever and, heard. Wow. That Jason is so that. cool. That I, One of my fondest memories really is making those clips because that was your idea and you don't know how to use the computer. <laughs> 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 I, I think back uh, my time producing for you, and that's we made such a great team with things like that. You would have these ideas for these audio clips, and then we'd sit down, and I would put it together on Pro Tools and other things. And and as, even today, when I listen to the shows and hear you playing the clips of the summer montage or the welcome back, the welcome home ID, and all that stuff, I I take a lot of pride in that. Like. I, I, you and I made that together, and, right. and it continues to have life all these years later. And, and I really, uh, that has a That's special awesome. place in my heart. Cool. The the welcome home ID is so warm. Yeah, uh, it is. I just I love it's hearing beautiful. that. I love hearing that. It makes makes me feel great, cozy. That, that other people are yeah. hearing that. And that they are that person yes. that we are speaking to that just got back. I'm a little choked up talking yeah, about it right yeah. now. Did you write that? I, I had the idea for it, and uh, I had I thought we could put together all these songs that reference it because I had been doing it uh, prior to that ID uh, at this time of year or, or at any holiday. Uh, it's just really nice. A lot you can sort of feel the energy of people coming back into the area, and I thought it'd be, you know this would be something other people could play if they so desire. But 
but it's just it's nice to have you back with us now with the internet uh, as it is and the ability to stream or all the various uh, the apps that they have uh, people are listening to us around the country and around the world mm-hmm. and um so last year we didn't have as many people coming home so i could still welcome them home if you're listening to us you're home but but still a lot of people come in and and a lot of people report to us to this day that if they're driving into the area, they really feel it when they cross that ridge or whatever it is where uh, 93.3 starts to become crystal clear. Yes. And, yeah. they, and they pick up MMR on their real radio. I mean, for all the time, and all of you, you guys, and, you know, in general, the station has been responsible for that. And we talk about people who... You know who 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 listen to the sh- to the station around the clock and 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 it's it's not it's not just okay this is a noise it, it's a collection of friends that have been with them over the years it's an amazing thing there's a real intimacy to it yeah and that's not lost on us uh, there's two things that I want to say before we wrap this up uh, the first is that uh, often in this business being a producer is a thankless job. And uh, I never felt like I wasn't thanked by you. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I want to express my gratitude yeah. for you just saying the words thank you. It, it always meant a lot to me. Uh, I know you did the same for Kevin and for Pancake and for Jason. Yeah. And so you went out of your way, uh, be it a live broadcast or just being somewhere, uh, you, you always made a point to say thank you. So that meant a lot to me, and I, I wanted yeah. to share that with you. Uh, and the other thing is I've been lucky enough uh, to work for, for you and with you for a long time. And... Um, uh, and then with Preston and Steve for uh, 17 years at this point, which is pretty remarkable and uh, grateful, beyond grateful that Preston and Steve and the show were inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. And it's now time for Pierre Robert to be inducted into the Radio Hall Absolutely. of Fame. So yep, it's, uh, it, it's overdue. And I, I hope that uh, Beasley campaigns for it at some point because uh, it's well deserved and, and you need it at this point. It, it's um, You should be in the Radio Hall of Fame. I, I got some intel that that might be oh, a good. thing that may be coming up in the not too distant future. I know it doesn't mean much to you. but No, it I means mean, a lot to me. But um, I, w- I would rather see Jerry Blavitt be in. Uh, you know, uh, he's 80. Yeah. He still rides his bicycle all over town. He's in great shape. But I'd rather see Sid Mark, who does a Sinatra show. Those two, you know, living legends in Philadelphia. I think they deserve it before I do. But be that as it may. Sid might be in. Um, Sid, oh, maybe he is. Okay. I'm not on, if somebody can search on that, because I, I, I want to say that. I mean, he's he in is. the local Radio Hall of right. Fame, as am I, as are you. <clears throat> uh, there's a Philadelphia Radio Hall of Fame. Um, but anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, we have another piece of audio here. It says, uh, Pierre driving. Do we know what that okay, is? Okay, so this, this is when you're in NASCAR. Okay. <laughs> this is an action montage. I think Jason also put this oh. together of, you know, being in motion, uh, and being on the air doing it. Okay, here we go. And we are at this moment floating down the Delaware River, Pierre Robert having broadcast from a lot of different locations before in my 23 years almost on the air. But what radio station brings you live water? (laughs) The sun is out shining. It's a perfect day for our day off on the slopes. I am skiing down the mountain live on WMMR. Everything that rocks. What ride are we on, Jason? This one's called the Talon. We just went upside down again. We curled. Oh, this is better than a dead show. This is what it's like to fly. Pierre Robert, 818 in the morning. It's a beautiful day to fly. We're in Pink Floyd's ship, the Air Division. Charles, how high are we? We're about 1,200 feet over the city. What I need you to do is go ahead and take the yoke. All right. Oh, we're turning. Oh, she's turning. Oh, she's going down. Oh, boy. Pembroke Station. Pembroke. I got that call. My, my first set this stuff. This is very exciting. Very exciting. Okay, we're underway. Get out of our way. 
Bill, are we ready to start the car? Let's go, buddy. All right, fire it up. At the Nazareth Speedway, Pierre Robert saying farewell, good citizens. We're following Mario Andretti in his black Dodge Viper. We are going through Fairmount Park like I have never gone through Fairmount Park before. I tell you, I've ridden on roller coasters. I have piloted airships before, but never have I raced through Grand Prix style. And Dodge Viper's capable of speeds that these are capable of. Where are we driving? <laughs> My hair is flying more than it ever did on the billboard. Back to you on 93.3 WMMR. Dear God in heaven, this is greatness. <laughs> oh, that's the best. That is awesome. Yeah. That's the guy we needed when you were doing mornings. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're right there. Okay. Uh, wow. Oh, man. Uh, there you have it. Um, Go ahead. Oh, we we got to wrap. Yeah, uh, we got to take a break. Sorry, but, I took uh, up so much. No, time. we wanted no, this. Are you kidding me? That's what yeah, it's exactly why we wanted to have you and Jason and and uh, Gunner and and Pancake and everybody in here this morning was to uh, spend some time talking about this and uh, the station actually uh, this coming weekend or this this whole Thanksgiving yeah. special is going to be. Uh, you're you're obviously doing your ritual tomorrow, right? We will be on uh, doing uh, Pancake and I will be on with three playings of Alice's Restaurant Cake. Pancake, yo! That is correct. Three, three planes. Ten He's o'clock. Trying I'm to sorry, think about... I'm watching the other room really quickly. Um, uh, yes, ten o'clock. We will play the uh, the revisited version. Why won't this man leave me alone? <laughs> and, and vinyl at two. Yes. Someone was talking to him in the other studio. Uh, sorry. This guy, uh, this guy is a nightmare. <laughs> No, I imitate all the time what I think he's saying about me. Oh, God, get me out of here. Please, please let me go. Uh, and I think there's some stuff coming up over the weekend as well. Uh, right. They're going to be playing clips that were like we have been playing over the, the last couple of days. So, uh, But thank you guys for coming in and uh, sharing some stories. It is so much fun. And... One last thing. Yes, please. I just, uh, uh, without our listeners, none of us could be here. No. And that's the, the point that we all have to make. This station has been blessed to have been through a number of incarnations in its uh, sound and its personalities over the years. And our audience has stayed with us and grown uh, through the years. We It's very rare for a station to have generations that could be 15 to 55 to 85 years old that are listening and everywhere in between in all walks of life and listening now all over the country, but certainly here in this area. And uh, you guys have been a vital part of maintaining that and growing that. But all of us as a team are blessed to have you, our listeners, uh, there for us as the foundation because we wouldn't have been here two days, let alone, yeah. you know. But it's the uh, truth to say, and I, uh, not overstating it, not, hyper, not hyperbolic to say you are the face of MMR. You are at the center of it all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's that's it's worth stepping back and celebrating all this time. It's an amazing achievement. Well Thank said. You. Well right. said. Excellent. Pierre Robert, ladies and gentlemen. One last thing. We need a winner for our secret text word. You, sir, get to pick the number <laughs> caller that we are going to take right now. 215-263-WMMR. Be caller number? 40. Oh. Hey! Hey, oh, you're gonna love that. Connor, sorry, Connor. Every forty callers. Hey. We'll Connor's take... going. What a moron! <laughs> this son of a bitch. <laughs> and we'll be right back. Stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. It's kind of self-explanatory after that.
The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 1038. Friday morning. I keep saying that. I know it's only Wednesday, but it certainly feels like we're going to give away our word of the weekend, uh, our word of the week at the end of the show in a end of the week fashion. So we will have that in just a little bit. Stay clear. But we want to go to the phones because we were looking for a secret text word winner. And Pierre got to call the number. He did. In honor of 40 years, he looked for caller number 40, and we have found that caller. It is Ron. Hey, Ron, how you doing? God bless Pierre Robert. Yes. I love it. Hey, uh, Ron, do me a favor. Give me that secret text word, please. What we're all going to be wearing tomorrow, our jammies. Jammies. You got it, my man, and we are going to set you up with some tickets to go and see this band that is playing right now, and that is Genesis. Hang on the line. We'll get you the information. It's going to be on Thursday, December 2nd at the Wells Fargo Center. A limited number of tickets uh, close to the stage remain for both the December 2nd and December 3rd shows. You can get them at wellsfargocenterphilly.com, and I guess we got a random text winner as well. So congratulations. You know who you are. You You won. You You don't want to reveal it. Look at you. Wow. 40 callers. (laughs) I think he was rifling through all. Wait, we do have it. Here comes this just in. And our winner is Owen McGuire of Holmes, PA. There we go. Congratulations, my friend. All right. A couple things we're going to do here. We're going to we're going to get to lesson question, trash, music, news, and then we have one more little 40th anniversary Ooh. surprise that we're going to go to. So let's do the lesson question. Today's question is, all right, what was Pierre's first job in broadcasting? That was from 620 this morning. That's going to be a tough one. Let's see if you remember. Steve had said it. It was Pierre's first job in broadcasting. It's not true. No. 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the number. We'll do the trash while you give us a call. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 W. WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, the last thing you need, by the way, this is brought to you by Horizon Services. The last thing you need is plumbing problems with visitors in town. And Horizon Services is offering up two up to $200 off select plumbing repairs with same-day service. You can visit horizonservices.com. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, as we said earlier, Preston, good morning, America's Michael Strahan, revealing he'll be part of the crew for Blue Origin's next space flight. Strahan says he's already been fitted for a spacesuit and a special helmet, which has windshield wipers inside the visor. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Director Ridley Scott is blaming the lack of box office success for his recent film, The Last Duel, on younger people, saying they're always staring at their phones. Scott also observed that they're always throwing their ball into his backyard, blasting that darn rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the third installment on the Troll series, Trolls 3, has gotten an official release date of November, November 17, 2023. According to DreamWorks, Trolls 3 will pick up where Trolls 2 left off, with parents dragging crying kids out of theaters and promising never again. <laughs> All right, we're looking for somebody who knows the answer to this question, and it is as follows. What was Pierre Robert's first job in broadcasting? Not really, by the way, and it was said early this morning. 
uh, in the 6 o'clock hour. And if you happen to know that answer and I can get you through on the phone line, you're going to win a prize. And we do have a caller, and it is, is it Shanna or Shauna? I can't really, what's your name? it's Shauna, like Shauna Na. Oh, ah. Shauna. I like that. Shauna, what yes. was Pierre's first uh, job in broadcasting? I believe he was a sportscaster. Sportscaster, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hang on, Shauna. We're going to give you uh, the unnerving horror thriller, A House on the Bayou on digital. A family vacation takes a sinister turn when neighbors show up for dinner uninvited. Which is testing the family's fragile bond and forcing dark secrets to come to light. You can buy or rent it on digital and on demand right now, unrated from Paramount Pictures. Let's get into music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. All right. Music News brought to you by, by uh, Horizon Services. Their Black Friday total heating event is back. You get a free upgrade when you buy a new heating and cooling system installed as soon as tomorrow, or it is free. Visit horizonservices.com. I just have two quick things to mention. Uh, The nominations for the 2022 Grammy Awards saw many rock and pop legends once again being singled out for this year's top musical honors in the coveted Best Rock Album and Best Rock Performance category. Paul McCartney is pitted against ACDC, Chris Cornell, and Foo Fighters. Well, that's an actual legitimate category. Absolutely. Uh, Prince's Sign of the Times is up against Joni Mitchell's Archives, Volume 1, The Early Years, in the Best Historical Album category, while George Harrison's All Things Must Pass, 50th Anniversary Edition nomination, nominated for Best Box or Special Limited Edition Package. This historical category is interesting. That is interesting, isn't yeah. it? Uh, so, uh, there's a, a few other rock-based categories. Best Rock Song. Uh, goes uh, the the nominees are all my favorite songs uh, from Weezer, uh, the Bandit from Kings of Leon, Distance from Mammoth, Wolfgang wow. Van Halen. That is great a nomination. That, and he's going up against Paul McCartney Whoa. with Finding My Way. <laughs> I know. How proud would his dad be? Totally. And uh, Dave Grohl uh, and Foo Fighters for Waiting on a War. Man. Uh, so those are a few of them. But yeah, that's pretty. Uh, yeah. That's pretty awesome, and I'm really happy yeah. for Wolfgang. By the way, Machine Gun Kelly is not happy about his Grammy snub. He got snubbed, didn't he? Yeah. Son <laughs> of a bitch. Uh, he won Top Rock Artist at the Billboard Music Awards and Favorite Rock Artist at the American Music Awards, and he tweeted, WTF is wrong with the Grammys on Tuesday. Oh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, despite topping the Billboard Top 200 charts with his two- 2020 album tickets to My Downfall, the rocker has never been nominated for a Grammy. He's just started rocking. And one last thing, the long wait is finally over for Peter Jackson's The Beatles Get Back documentary. Yes. The three-part documentary will roll out over three days starting tomorrow and then uh, Friday and Saturday. Exclusively on Disney+. Plus. All told, the complete running time for all three parts comes out at about eight hours of never-before-seen footage of the Fab Four at work. This is amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm out of my mind. It's going to be amazing. Now, you might be able to find it on Disney tonight, like after 9 o'clock. Sometimes oh, yeah. that happens, yeah. Uh, the January 1969 footage features the band in the midst of rehearsing recording Let It Be and spotlights the band at Twickenham Film Studio, their Apple Basement Studios, and eventually the Apple Rooftop where they gave their final performance on January 30th, 1969. Uh, the film has been compiled of over 55 hours of unseen footage filmed by Michael Lindsay Hogg in 1969, 140 hours of mostly unheard audio recordings 
from the Let It Be album sessions. This is great stuff. Peter Jackson took a lot of time, very meticulous, and actually Gandalf appears in it as well. Oh, my God. Well, he's an old soul. I should try that again. Yeah. He was uh, producing them at that point. He didn't quite sound plucky enough. But they don't else play an instrument, the kind of root thing I think it would be appropriate here. Uh, so there you go. That is what I have in music news for you. We welcome back Piero Bear. Hey! We're going right, to welcome done. him back a couple of times. You're not done yet, man. Uh, so we have a guest. Uh, yes. We have two guests, actually, that are going to come in now. Okay. Uh, with a very special moment for you. Okay. Commemorating 40 years on 93.3 WMMR. And we would like to welcome two people into our studios this morning. And we're going to direct them over to the microphones. City representative for the Philadelphia Mayor's Office, Miss Sheila Hess is here. Yay! And Good Councilman day. at large, Councilman David O. As well this morning. Good morning to you both. Thanks for being here. Thank you, oh, Preston. It is wow. great to see you guys. So, um, with uh, Pierre's 40 years being yeah. at WMMR, not just being in the industry or being in this market, but actually being in this very radio station for this length of time is worthy of some recognition, and that's what we have here this morning. And we'll start with you, Sheila. I have to agree. Pierre, I know you had mentioned that back in 1981 you received a letter from on South Street from some palm reader saying that <laughs> something good was going to happen to you, right? Right. Fast forward 40 years, I have for the, the, the citizen, that would be you, um, on behalf of Mayor Kenny, we want to say great day in the morning and what it is an honor to be here to celebrate you, the extraordinary career that you have built here in the city of Philadelphia. So um, we have a mayoral citation for you. So wow. for the citizen, we have a citation and it's going to be in memory of your 40th anniversary here at WMMR and for wow. all of our great listeners. So we are honored. Um, I just want to read an excerpt for it. And it says, Philadelphia is a place where some of the great musicians have made their mark. And it truly takes someone extraordinary and special to make that individual create a deep and lasting connection with our residents, your listeners. And it's the love of music. And it's what you do. You are that that indi- unique individual, Pierre. Um, anyone who meets you once remembers you always. You just have that special connection with all of your listeners and anyone that comes across to meet Pierre. Um, I remember meeting him at Live Aid <laughs> long, long time ago, and I was like, who is that man? <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. I am honored to present you with this wow. citation on behalf of Mayor Kenny, but you do so much good, not just music, but you do so much good for our community, and we cannot be more grateful and humbled for all that you do for the nonprofits, uh, the philanthropy. There's there's a deep connection that you have with our citizens. You embody so many extraordinary qualities that are residents in our city, and we commend and applaud you for 40 years of your dedicated service. Um, and that is why, on behalf of the mayor and the entire city of Philadelphia, it is my honor to officially recognize Pierre Robert with his mayor citation in honor of your 40th anniversary. And here's to 40 more years in the city of Philadelphia. We wish 
you the best of luck, continued success, and it is an honor. I know you're granted these rare um, interviews by the musicians, and this is a rare opportunity for me to do this for you. So I am extremely honored to present this to you on behalf of Mayor Kenny, who wishes he could be here and extends his deep heart. Congratulations to you, Pierre. Oh, that's huge, Pierre. Thank you. It's not the Spectrum event. It's not all the other (laughs) events that you've had over the 20, 30 years, but... uh this will do. <laughs> well, you came in on crutches, so that must mean a lot to you. So. It does. Yeah, sure. It does. <laughs> it's an official citation from the mayor and Pierre. They also, we, we were going to save this for off-air, but they've issued an official citation for all of the parking tickets. <laughs> the I knew I forgot something. I knew it. Well. But good news, they'll be able to fund schools for 20 years. <laughs> that is correct. Well, thank you, Sheila Hess. City representative of the Philadelphia Mayor's Office. And also, as I said a moment ago, we want to welcome Councilman David O. All right. So on behalf of the City Council of Philadelphia, uh, we introduced a resolution which uh, declares today as Pierre Robert Day in Philadelphia. I've also brought a citation in addition to the resolution. And, of course, as it was mentioned, 40 incredible years at uh, 93.3 WMMR, um, a uh, icon in the music industry, of a voice for many things, not just uh, everything that rocks, but also charities and charitable uh, things that you do in our city. And, uh, listen, personally, I thank you for everything you've done for our music industry, something that we really have to invest a lot more in this city. And I think you've been a champion of that. And so on behalf of the council of the city of Philadelphia, this is a citation on behalf of all of us thanking you for your 40 years here in Philadelphia. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much. These are uh, official documents, and these will have to be framed and hung up. They look yes. so cool. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Pierre, do you know anybody who does framing work? I do. <laughs> I do. This is amazing. Thank you both very much for coming in. Oh, so Happy much Happy anniversary. Yeah, Happy yeah, city. Congratulations. Amazing. And continue the fun and celebration. Uh, Happy thank, Thanksgiving thank, to all your same listeners. Thank you, guys. Well, thanks, both of you guys. We appreciate you. That's officially, that is from the city. Of Philadelphia, our city government acknowledging that uh, 40 years. So congratulations, Pierre. All right, let's take one more quick break. We'll come back in a second. We'll get ready to wrap it up later today for the Word of the Week prize and send you off with Pierre's capable hands. We'll be right back. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. You want to win an autographed Eagles jersey, an ultimate tailgating package, 2022 Eagles season tickets, or just good old cash? You could win when you enter Acme Swoop In and win sweepstakes. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com for your chance to be the next big winner. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles and MMR's Preston and Steve Show. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 93.3 WMMR. And uh, what did we just play? Oh, Third Eye Blind. Jumper. Jumper. Third Eye Blind. I more. I was talking uh, off air. <laughs> Dear God, it's 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, time for us to get out of here. But I would like to thank the guests that we had on uh, today. First of all, 
Thank you to uh, Jen Carroll from Top Chef. Who yes, she's great. The restaurant uh, Spice Finch, and uh, she gave some great tips on what you need to know about uh, cooking turkey uh, for Thanksgiving. But she also has uh, this free workshop that's taking place, and you can check. And I don't have the website here. Kathy was uh, what? eatccc.com. Yeah, Press- but if you, if the easiest way is if you go to her oh, Instagram sorry. page. The link is right in her bio. Okay. And Marissa put it up on PrestonandSteve.com. Beauty. There we go. Ah, there we go. Uh, Easy. And it's free, and you can follow along, uh, and she will help you out. She's very, very cool. Uh, thank you to Kevin Gunn, Jason hey. Fan, hey. Pancake. For being our special guest of the Pierre, Pierre Producers panel this morning. <laughs> and thank you to uh, Sheila Hess uh, from the uh, mayor's office and Councilman David O, who came in with their special citations. It is officially Pierre Robert Day. Very cool. I love that. Wow. Um, so with that, we need to get our letter of the day, if we're ready for that. I am. All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve Show is brought to you today by the letter... T. T as in totally. All right. And we are totally going to take the first caller (laughs) (laughs) to to expedite this thing. 215-263-WMMR. Let's get you on and uh, see if we can set you up with that prize. So here we are, deep into your show, an hour into your show already. (laughs) Well, it's my fault. I rambled on, and then we uh, just, uh, you know, got behind, and then we got behind. That was a good time. I love sitting around talking, man. Thank you guys so much. Oh, are you kidding me? And so, uh, Pierre, I wanted to tell you that, um, you know, I grew up in the city, but that my first memory of actually ever being in the same room with you was at the Air Awards. It had to have been 2000. Uh, And you were being honored with... um, like a Lifetime Achievement Award at the time. And you got up on the stage, and I had never met you before, but I had listened to you for uh, a long time, uh, basically my whole life. And something that you said up on that podium had uh, stuck with me t- and sticks with me till this day, which is, um, you know, you use your radio powers for good, right? Like, there's, I'm never going to tell you about wh- what radio should be, but I can tell you what it could be. And, and you are everything that radio could be mm. and potentially should be. But anyway, <laughs> um, but you had said, you know, use your radio powers for good. And you've always done that. And we have definitely followed in your footsteps uh, in that manner. Wow. Thank you. That's lovely. Thank That's awesome. Much. What very a great cool. memory. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Nice. Thank you. Lola. <laughs> and a cacalola to everybody. <laughs> now, the. the Playing the demo tape and then with Steve speeding up his voice, I I don't know if there's anything that can touch that over the course of the day. We all sound terrible, or not that you sounded terrible. It just sounds different when you hear earlier, earlier going back to 2005 with this show. It's like, mm-hmm. what the hell were we doing? Yep, sounds totally different. All right, we got a caller on the line, and it's Lisa. Hi there, Lisa. Hello, congratulations on 40 years, Pierre. Oh, thank you. Oh, nice. Lisa, what is our word of the week, please? Eat, drink, and be merry. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Eat is indeed the word. And Lisa, for getting that correct, we're going to give you a PlayStation Classic video game console. Resident Evil Director's Cut for PlayStation Complete with registration card and... A $400 Visa gift card to boot. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Hang on. We'll get your info. We'll take care of you. And don't forget, returning to the origins of the massively popular Resident Evil franchise, fan and filmmaker Johannes Roberts brings the games to life for a whole new generation of fans. Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon Theaters. (laughs) Raccoon City is in theaters today. (laughs) 
See what I did? I skipped that. Because raccoons like recliners. It's yeah. what happened. <laughs> uh, so on this program today, what's coming up? Uh, we have another pair of tickets for Genesis, the uh, last Domino Tour, Thursday, December 2nd. That's coming up. We have Workforce Blocks of Queen. We lost Freddie today, 30 years ago. Uh, Rancid for Tim Armstrong's birthday and John Mellencamp and the Vinyl Cut all coming along. It's going to be a great day in the morning, isn't it? It will yep. be. All right. Kakalola. Kakalola. Yeah. <laughs> Kaboomba. Uh, the President's Steve shows were brought to you today. <laughs> By Duncan, the official coffee of the President Steve Show. Also brought to you by Acme. Download the Acme app to see your all-new deals, rewards, and perks today. Visit acmemarkets.com for details. And also Trinity Rehab. Have nagging pain that you can't get rid of? Trinity Rehab can help. Go to trinity-rehab.com for more information. Uh, When we get back on Monday, we'll have a week of shows lined up for you. A few people joining us will be uh, Frank Caliendo. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, Our buddy Jim Jackson. uh, Kevin Crowley of the Philadelphia Wings. And Carter Oosterhaus, remember him? Yeah, I do remember him from uh, Trading Trading Places. places, Yeah, Yeah, He's hosting, he does the... um the, the, the Christmas house decorating competition. That's what we'll be talking to him about. And his, he's married to Amy Smart. He sure is. Yeah, he's really? lucky man. Yeah. Uh, so uh, enjoy the Pierre Robert 40th anniversary weekend as well. We're going to be playing all kinds of clips uh, a couple of an hour. Uh, and that is going to be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, of course, the uh, broadcast tomorrow of Alice's Restaurant. Three Eight. times, right? 10 a.m., 12 noon, and 2 p.m. That is it. We are done. Rage on and have a great day. And we will see you later, gang. Have a happy Thanksgiving, please, and a safe one. Oh. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Bing there. It's Macy's Friends and Family with our biggest savings on gifts they'll love. Get an extra 30% off brands that rarely go on sale with your coupon or Macy's card. And snag 15% off fragrances, skincare, makeup, and more stocking stuffers. Going on now at Macy's. And get contact-free curbside pickup or pickup in-store today. Details at Macy's.com slash pickup. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.